Sandra all the time is here with the cold heart truth. She's the ears and the eyes for me and you. Every day, everyone wants to hear from Sandra. And every time on the air, she's getting better. Tell your sister, tell your brother, tell your mama, call Sandra. In the morning and in the Always calling, calling Sandra, and when they start fighting, calling Sandra, and it. That's right, folks. Everyone is telling their mama about the cold hard truth. Welcome to another episode with more truth-telling, more problem-solving, and of course, more tea-spilling than ever before. Sit back, students, grab your tea, and turn up the volume, because class is now in session. Call in at 936-2626, because your voice matters. Share your opinion on issues that matter the most to you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Tuesday. Rise and shine. I see you guys are getting a late start. Where is everybody this morning? Are you guys sleeping in? There's no time for that. We've got lots on the agenda this morning. First of all, we'll do roll call and then we got to wait for uh, the guys over at 106 to tap in. And on today's agenda, we have Health City Rundown Tuesdays coming right up. We're going to be learning all about epilepsy. Wow, this is going to be quite interesting discussion. I must admit that I don't know much about it. So I'm really looking forward to that. We've got uh, visa woes. Some of you may have heard about people having their ESTA canceled, their visa issues. And so we're going to break that down a little bit. We're going to do a uh, courthouse recap. Lots of interesting trials going on that we need to be keeping an eye on. And then we're going to have a segment, Mind Your Business. What a hot mess. So all of that is coming up for you this beautiful uh, Tuesday morning. While we're sitting here waiting on the good folks over at uh, KISS 106, that's Blake and Aaron, let me go ahead and send out our uh, social media links to everyone in our WhatsApp group to remind them that we are now 
live and direct. So as you guys know, every single morning, Monday to Friday, you can find us right here on Bobo 89.1 FM. You can also um, tap into us on social media, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. So all three of those social media platforms, whatever your choice is, you can just log in and watch the program. So um, a full three hours of entertainment. Now, a lot of you were messaging me yesterday. In fact, I went by the Flow store. I'm going to tell you guys why. And um, a lot of you were talking about um, this segment yesterday with Miss Martin. And you caught a snippet of it, but you wanted to watch the whole thing. So fear not. We will be re-airing that segment tomorrow evening on social media. So if you've got YouTube and Facebook, we will air it um, probably around 7.30 in the evening so you can watch it again. So basically, that was the renaming uh, ceremony that happened last week at the Georgetown Primary School, now the um, Sharon Marie Martin School. So let's go ahead and see what Blake and Aaron are up to this morning. Hello. Good morning. Mm-hmm. All right. So they're not quite ready for us. So while we're waiting on them, good morning to Miss Vernita. Good morning to Stephanie Brooks. Miss Iva is here. Miss Iva, how's our mango tree looking? Hello, Blake and Aaron. Hello. Hello. Good morning. How are you? Good. good. How are you? Good. Just doing roll call. We've got Cece McLaughlin with us. Miss Olive. Good morning to Miss Olive. Hey, hey, Olive. Yeah. You are very Hi. delicious. <laughs> In a martini. I am early. Steven joining us all the way from the UK. Ooh. What's yeah. Steven? That's my dad's name. It's happy hour there in the UK. <laughs> He's, Steven's probably still working. We've got Ervalyn, Diamond Princess. Paula, good morning to Paula. Where should Paula. everybody get productive? That's my mom's name. name. Got my mom and my dad's name. What? In That's my wife's alter yeah. ego's name. What? Paula. <laughs> Paula. All right, Paula. here we go. <laughs> <clears throat> Everybody just got rickrolled. Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Let's go to Sandy Land and, and find out what's happening in the news Tell your today. mother, tell your father. What's up, Sandy? <laughs> The words are right, but the rhythm is completely off there. So, that's <laughs> totally on point for me, though. But you know what? I, I, I like the effort. All right. Good morning, everyone. Happy, happy Tuesday. So, Aaron has no rhythm. No. <laughs> that's okay. Not everybody was blessed with that. Exactly. Um, so, <laughs> lots going on in the world of news today. Let's start off with what could be the trial of the year has begun. Now, we can't really have any discussions with it about no. it. It's a jury trial. <laughs> But um, the trial of uh, MP and now Cabinet Secretary again, Mikiva Bush, um, has begun. So uh, the allegations are back in September of 2022 um, at the Ritz-Carlton. Mr. Bush allegedly indecently assaulted two government employees and uh, who were at the Regional Tourism Conference. And so the prosecution opened their case yesterday, finally in the late afternoon, after a juror was late, by the way, he was like half an hour late. Um, <clears throat> Don't you get reprimanded for that? Yeah, what do you get? Yeah, well, the, the judge said that they, uh, remember we have a visiting judge. He says that they've sorted him out mm. and ensured that that won't be happening again. One it's, warning. It's so interesting because we don't necessarily know which juror it was, but 
by deduction, I figured it out. He did not look happy to be there. So that's kind of interesting. But anyway, um, we'll break down some of the details of the case uh, a little bit later on. But yeah. Are you not allowed to talk about it? We, we can talk about it, but we have to proceed with caution. So we won't have a, I will simply give the facts which were presented in open court. Mm. And then we won't uh, share any opinions or anything yeah. of the sort, just the facts and that's it. Why? Uh, I saw a picture of him with a walker. Is that, uh, why, why is he using a walker? What's wrong with him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> let her discuss that later. Yes. <laughs> we, uh, you know, he claims that he needs it. Okay. All right. Um, a man has been that's charged um, for having in his possession a large quantity of cocaine. Cocaine. Darren Goodall is his name, 29 years old. He was arrested on Thursday and has been charged with possession of cocaine and possession of cocaine with intent to supply. The charges relate to an operation on Wednesday, January the 3rd, where a large quantity of cocaine was recovered at a private residential complex in the vicinity of Walker's Road. I know. So, um, he had also removed an electronic monitoring tag prior to his arrest oh. and refused to provide a specimen of urine when requested to do so. Huh. So he's now also charged with damage to property and failing to provide a specimen of urine. So he will be, uh, he appeared yesterday in court and he's been remanded to return in seven days. And um, he will probably, no, no bail was requested at that time, but he'll probably um, be requesting bail at the next hearing. But hmm. Given that he was tampering with that monitor, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. I, I like watching all these like locked up abroad or whatever. Oh, like yes, the yes. Airport where they make arrests and stuff. They're like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. if it turns blue, you're in trouble. <laughs> and you, know, you already know it's going to turn blue, <laughs> yeah, right? right. All right. It's already an episode. Yeah, it's already an episode. So yeah. like, oh, it's going to turn Australia, blue. I got to tell you, the Australian oh, one is like yeah. really good. I don't know if you watched the Australian one, but it's really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, one of the UK channels. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Right. So um, a man has been arrested for DUI following a two vehicular collision. Um, oh, that was ar- yesterday, right? In... No, Friday. Friday? Oh, okay. <laughs> There's an accident every day. Um, 25-year-old man from Georgetown was arrested on suspicion of driving under the influence, Ooh. driving without a license, and Ooh. driving without insurance. Oh. Yeah, kind of crazy. That's just, yeah, that's Three strikes, the worst. you're out. That's the worst. You know, especially yeah. without insurance, you run exactly. into someone else, and then, you know, that person is left to... Yes. Yep. Mm. All right. So this is following a two-vehicle collision in the Rex Crichton Boulevard on Friday at 8.20 p.m. Um, they responded to this um, report in the, they say, east of Norfolk Drive involving a white Isuzu Elf. Never heard of that model before. Mm-hmm. And a black Honda Civic. It's smaller. Mm. It's a small. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So anyway, he might be in a bit of trouble. Um, so we'll see what happens today. (laughs) All right. One final, one final, final story. Um, UCCI, congratulations to them. They have a new partnership that's going to provide, um, what they say is medical pathways for locals. So the partnership agreement, which was signed recently between UCCI and St. Matthew's, um, university school of medicine is, um, you know, quite a landmark situation there. The two institutions have agreed to work together. Okay. to build a seamless journey from school to work, introducing two educational pathways, training young people in the Cayman Islands from school-level education to being fully quali- qualified medical professionals ready to practice. Hmm. The partnership will address significant skill gaps 
in the Cayman Islands by preparing Caymanian students for prestigious roles in the medical field. They say fostering a new generation of qualified medical professionals for the country. Well, this is fantastic news. All right. Those are your news headlines this beautiful Tuesday morning. Thank you, Sandy. Have a great day. Are you back in court today? Yes, we'll be there. In fact, today is field trip day. I love a good field trip. Oh, where are you guys going? Oh, okay. The scene of the incident. Oh, wow. All right. Already. Exciting times. Okay. Look forward to the update tomorrow. See ya. Yes, sir. Have a good one. All right, folks. Good morning. Good morning. Dun, dun, dun. I need that button in my lineup. Why don't I have that button? Hmm. I'm going to have to look into that. Trombone. Let's see. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm looking for. That is definitely not the sound that I'm looking for. That's not it. Uh, Folks, we are happy to um, be saying that it is Tuesday yet again. And in the studio with us, we've got the professionals from Health City Cayman Islands are going to be bringing us a little discussion this morning on epilepsy. Now, I got to tell you the truth. This is something that, you know, I've heard about it and I kind of think I know what it is, but honestly, I don't know much about it. So as I was looking this over last night, I thought, hmm, this is going to be really, really interesting. So we're going to get all the details. Let's welcome, first up, Mr. Shamari Scott. Good, good morning, morning Shamari. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, broken up and sore, seeing as I'm playing in the over 40 men's basketball league. First oh, time in, 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 in four years this, since they've had it since COVID. So it was oh, end of wow. COVID that they had it, and I hadn't really been on the court since. So, you know, Ooh. feeling a little bit of pain, but, but, but it's all good. We won, so that's all that matters. Yes. Well, Shamari, if you listen to the experts at Health City Cayman Islands, you would know that you got to work up to these things now. Don't be a weekend warrior. And <laughs> uh, see, dream team. Dream team. Oh, my goodness. We got to love the sports spirit around here. All right. So, but yeah, um, to, to, yeah. To, to why we're here, um, I just want to say that, that, that it's, a, it's a distinct pleasure to talk about um, Dr. Rumnish and Dr. Susant. Um, two of the physicians that make part of our neurosciences team. And I know today we'll be discussing epilepsy. However, um, between the neurosciences team, they deal with acute um, ischemic stroke. They deal with neuromuscular disorders, um, movement disorders, interventional neurology. And that's a whole topic in and of itself and how minimally invasively, for instance, Dr. Romnish can go and extract strokes to reverse the effects and the such. So that's a real interesting topic that if we can't get to it today, then we definitely need to bring him back for that. Mm-hmm. Multiple sclerosis. Um, we have neurocritical care, complex movement disorders such as Parkinson um, and autoimmune um, neurology as well. We cover as well as many other things within. Um, but once again, February 12th um, was International Epilepsy Day, so we thought it only made sense to bring Dr. Romnish and Dr. Susant um, to the program today. And also, Sandy, before we bring them on, just to mention that that you're famous, um, Cayman famous, and also famous within uh, certain segments of Cayman. I was in a this is like the fifth time it's happened, right? Oh my God. Usually they were like, oh, you're the tourist. Well, first it started off with, you're Tony Scott's son, right? Okay. And then as the ages, because he was president of basketball, football, yes. Olympic, you know, he did a lot, Everybody right? Tony, yes. Right? So first it was like, oh, you're Tony Scott's son. 
and then eventually where he's like you know it's it's impressive to me now that people see him i'm like wait you're you're shamari scott's father right so it's the roles have kind of reversed and then if people didn't know me they'd be like oh you're the tourism guy and then uh -huh. eventually people are like oh you're the guy that that works at hell city and obviously these are people who are new to the island uh -huh. and now recently within a certain segment of our population five times within like the last four weeks oh i'm gosh. going into places and they're like um i know you and i'm like i don't know maybe tourism maybe health they're like no, no no you're the guy on with sandy in the morning so <laughs> i have to give a shout out they asked for me to give a shout out to the chisholm ladies so the ladies oh. at the chisholm grocery store okay. said to you know they would love if they could get a shout out when i go on tuesday oh, so i promised beautiful. i would give them a shout out so shout out to the chisholm ladies at the chisholm grocery store All because right. they know me from being here sitting with you and that means that they're tuned in probably every single morning. So good morning to the good folks down there at uh, Chisholm's Grocery Store. Um, so nice to have you guys listening to the program. Yeah, Shamari is CMR famous. That's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and bring in the medical professionals this morning. We've got Dr. Ramnish. Good morning, Dr. Ramnish. Good morning, Sandra, and thanks for having us back. Morning, Shamari, yeah. and congrats on the basketball Yes, yes. We yeah. need to get you out there. <laughs> I, 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 have you reached 40 yet, Dr. Romnish? No, no, not yet. See? Not, not. Uh, well, oh, you got to wait some years. Then. <laughs> yeah, about, about 25, 30 years of experience. <laughs> All right. We actually also have uh, Dr. Susant joining us this morning. Good morning, Doc. Good morning. Good How morning. are you? Good, good. good morning, good. morning, morning. Yeah, so good to have uh, both of you here with us this morning. Of course, good morning to everyone um, who is tuned in. Stephen said it's not happy hour in the UK yet. It's only 1230, so he's still at work. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Stephen, for letting us know. All right. Well, so we, 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 we know that for lunch, that, that may not matter, right? When you... <laughs> <laughs> They've taken me to, to some lunches at pubs, so I don't know who Stephen's trying to fool. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, he works for government, so we're sure he's on his best behavior over there. Oh, well, yeah, that's right. That's right. No alcohol <laughs> during lunch if you work for government. So um, we're going to be talking about uh, epilepsy today. Now, doctors, um, I think everybody's probably heard of the term epilepsy, but they don't necessarily know what it means. So can we get sort of a baseline definition of what exactly is epilepsy? Sure. So in <clears throat> epilepsy, what happens is an abnormal burst of electrical activity in the brain, which temporarily affects the way the brain works. Mm -hmm. uh, epilepsy, by definition, would mean you need to have two or more unprovoked seizures. Oh. Okay. So it doesn't mean that if you have a seizure for the first time that you're labeled as epileptic, they should be two or more unprovoked. Uh, what the meaning of unprovoked is, we have to look for other causes which may have caused the seizure. Uh, that can be low sugar levels. It can be a stroke which has happened. Uh, alcohol or <clears throat> drug abuse can also cause seizures. So we need to make sure that there's nothing metabolic happening which has caused the patient to have a seizure. And if he has two such seizures, then we would label the person as being epileptic. Hmm. Okay. All right. Wow. All right. Um, and how, how common is this uh, in the general population? It is quite common. Uh, it's said statistically one in about 20 people will have a seizure at some point in their life. Really? In the U.S., it's estimated there are 5 million people living with epilepsy. 
So it is quite common and we do have quite a few cases on island as well. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Okay. So, um, you know, gosh, I'm shocked at the one in 20. Uh, so that probably means that I know, I've definitely know people who suffer from this and don't know that they do. But uh, what normally happens, you know, you're, you know, it can just happen at any time, anywhere, nothing triggers it. You say it can just happen. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. It is, it is like a dramatic event. That's why uh-huh. it scares people a lot. Yeah. Uh, to putting it simply, it's just like a short circuit in an electrical circuit. So it's, it's a sudden burst of electrical activity. Uh-huh. The patient's presentation is usually very dramatic. There is abnormal movements all over the body. They usually lo- lose consciousness. So it can sort of put a fear in the people who experience it. So that's why it is very uh, important that people are educated about it and they learn how to manage it or treat it properly. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow, okay. So again, anybody has any questions, make sure you know the phone lines are open. You can ask directly 936-2626, or you can certainly um, you know, WhatsApp us a message or send a message in the chat. So there's different types of uh, epilepsy as well. So let's go through what these different types are. Susan? Yeah, so epilepsy, clinically, <clears throat> there are a lot of different ways in which we classify epilepsy. Mm-hmm. But uh, for a uh, common person to understand the two basic types to understand is what you refer to as a focal epilepsy, which involves a part of the body like a hand or a leg and where the person maintains his conscious, he doesn't become unconscious. He's able to maintain the conversation, but there will be abnormal movement in the limbs. The second is a generalized epilepsy where it involves all four limbs of the body and there mm-hmm. is a loss of consciousness. He's not aware mm-hmm. of his surroundings. He loses touch with reality. And these are the two basic types. But there are a lot of different varieties uh, mm-hmm. which uh, there, are, there, there are. a lot of complexity in the way we have classified seizures and we treat them. Uh, mm-hmm. One, uh, like an interesting thing which I would like... Uh, would be the what we refer to as reflex epilepsies. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm mentioning this because these are interesting. Like these are stimulus dependent. Like somebody having eating a food, it will trigger an epilepsy. There are certain triggers. Uh-huh. There is bright light. There is photosensitive epilepsy. Uh-huh. So these are some interesting varieties, which are the reflex epilepsy. Any particular activity, which might be simple or trivial, can trigger also trigger epilepsy. Uh-huh. And I suppose that maybe are those easier to treat because at least they have a trigger? Like if you know, you know, it's... Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's the diagnosis which uh, is sometimes delayed because we have to have a proper history. We have to uh-huh. document it. Usually uh, when a patient of epilepsy or seizure comes, we ask them to follow up with the symptoms and they keep a seizure diary in which they note when they had the seizure or the family members, how long the seizure happened and Mm -hmm. what are the triggers. So usually in follow-up, we come to know, okay, this is the trigger. This is the thing that probably triggering his seizures. Mm -hmm. So once that is identified, it is a little better to control these kind of seizures. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's a lot of questions then as part of the diagnosis that you have to ask. Um, Can you normally, after uh, the two initial seizures, have an idea of what's causing it or is it something that norm can take a bit longer to figure out if there is a cause 
most of the time we will not know what is causing the seizures mm-hmm. uh, the patient will undergo a battery of tests uh, one of them which is known as an eeg or an mm-hmm. electroencephalogram uh, what that basically does is it looks at the electrical activity of the brain uh, these can be done for short term that's a, what is known as a one hour eeg where we will do it with the patient awake and also with the patient asleep after this we'll try and give certain stimulus to try and trigger the patient so that would be flashing lights in front of the patient's eyes making the patient hyperventilate or breathe fast mm-hmm. uh, the second part in the workup of the patient is uh, brain imaging uh, it's a specialized kind of imaging which we do it is an mri scan uh, but it's known as an epilepsy protocol where we look at certain areas of the brain which commonly could trigger seizures and uh, the patient will also undergo blood test and other kind of testing to try and figure out the seizure. Mhm. Mhm. Hmm. Very very interesting. Now the first one that you mentioned I hadn't really thought about this, but you can have a seizure and be cognizant of your surroundings and the fact that you're actually having a seizure? Yeah, that those are called focal epilepsies. We you can see the abnormal mm-hmm. movement because they don't involve both the halves of the brain. Then the brain has two halves. So the mm-hmm. right hemisphere and the left hemisphere. So if the seizure activity in only one hemisphere of the brain, usually many times the patients are aware of their surroundings. Mm-hmm. They can describe what's happening. But once it breaks to the other hemisphere, usually they lose consciousness or they're unaware of what's going around. Hmm. Very interesting. All right, we do have some questions coming in uh, on the WhatsApp chat. So um, someone says this morning that... Um, they say normally Caymanians know them as fits. So that's sort of the, you know, um, colloquial term, if you will, for seizures. So this person says, morning, loving the topic today. I'm epileptic, juvenile myoclonic epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And was put on medication after one major seizure when I went unconscious. I've been on medication ever since. And I was told that the dosage that I take is so minimal that it is unlikely that I need it. However, my doctor tried to take me off of it and I started having the myoclonic jerks. So I just went back on the medication. Can you ask the doctors whether um, they've seen any patients take medications for years and then stop taking it? So is it possible that um, you know you, you cannot need medication after a certain amount of time? Treatment of seizures, like I said, it's not uh, as simple uh, as we like. We try to simplify it. Uh-huh. Uh, there are certain seizure syndromes, like we say, certain seizures which are associated with different conditions, either genetic conditions or changes in the brain pathways, which are not amenable to uh, like a seizure-free life without medications. And you need medications for long duration, sometimes for life. Now, juvenile myoclonic epilepsy is a seizure syndrome, which is a well-described condition. Uh-huh. Now, there are two things. One good thing is there is very good control with medications, even in very low doses, which normally don't control seizures. But you require those low doses usually for a very long time. And when we draw that, the seizures come back. Mm. These patients have a very good quality of life with medications with low doses. Like again said, which normally somebody would say, why are you giving such low doses? But again, this condition is a different kind of a condition in which Patients respond to low dose, but yes, again, if you stop medication, the high chances that the seizures will come back. Hmm. Wow. 
So pretty much, you know, you're looking at uh, controlling it for a lifetime with some sort of medication, really. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully that answers that um, for that particular listener to the program. Huh. Uh, good morning to Miss Elaine. Miss Pat is here. Juliet, she said, thanks very much for that information. Damien, good morning. And uh, good morning to Miss Dean. So 936-2626, the phone lines are open. We're talking about um, epilep- epilepsy this morning. And as someone says, a lot of key managers just call it fits, you know, but now you've got the proper medical term um, and a good idea of the different types. And we're going to continue our discussion. But in the meantime, if you do have a question like that listener to the program, um, you know, feel free to give us a call. So we talked about some of the causes already, but let's go into a little bit more detail now about what else can lead to or cause um, epilepsy. So we have everything from strokes to brain tumors severe head injury, drug and alcohol abuse, which is quite interesting, um, brain infection, lack of oxygen during birth. So this is, we're talking about babies potentially having seizures as well? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh my goodness. All right, so let's go into a little bit of detail for each one of these. Um, and these are all sort of things that can affect the brain, obviously. I mean, I think yeah. let's know that alcohol and drug use um, has a real impact on the brain also. Yeah. So, as it says, I mean, most of the time we don't know what is causing the epilepsy. Uh, some of the common causes would be stroke. So, stroke is when you have a blockage of the blood vessel. There mm-hmm. is damage which occurs to the brain. Uh, this then results in the formation of a scar, which can act as a focus of seizures and predispose the patient to those kind of seizures. Um, most of the time, st- post-stroke epilepsy is well controlled with just one medication. Uh, the patient generally leads a seizure-free life as long as he continues to take the medication. Uh, the second one is brain tumor. Uh, many times seizure may be the first symptom of the tumor. So the patient would come in with a seizure. And as I said, every patient undergoes a workup, even if it is the first episode of the seizure, which would include a brain scan. And during the brain scan, we would pick up the brain tumor. Uh, head injury, again, because of trauma to the brain, uh, it can lead the patient to having seizures. Alcohol is another risk factor because it lowers the threshold for the brain uh, to uh, for seizures happening. Uh, it can happen both, even if a patient suddenly stops drinking, uh, they may predispose them to a seizure. And even acute intoxication can cause them to have a seizure. Uh, brain infection, what we medically know, call as meningitis, and mm. yes, lack of oxygen during birth, which again leads to brain damage, which mm. can predispose them to having seizures. Hmm. Wow. All right. So Ms. Dean says that her nephew, who's 11 years old, um, suffers from this awful thing, and it always came on when he has a high fever. So is it the fever that's causing the epilepsy and maybe there's something underlying there or is it the other way around, do you think? Uh, so the entity is known as febrile convulsions, uh, commonly seen in children. Uh, they're not sure what it is, whether there's some structural problem with the brain predisposing them, um, or whether it's the other way around. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is a common entity. The main treatment for this in children who are predisposed to febrile convulsions would be to aggressively control the fever. Mm-hmm. And this is another reason why, you know, I've seen that just a couple of weeks ago, a mother reached out 
And she's like, oh, you know, I'm at the emergency room and they're taking too long. The baby has a fever and I'm just going to leave. And I said, maybe that's not a good idea because especially in young children and babies, um, you know, fevers can be very, very um, sort of detrimental to their health. So you want to take a high fever seriously, right? You want to get medical intervention. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good morning to Miss Paula. Miss Paula says my deceased brother uh, became epileptic due to a head injury. So what sort of head injuries are we talking about? Like if you're in a car accident, if you have a slip and fall, um, um, any kind of head injury? Usually not as simple as a slip and fall. It's generally okay. a traumatic head injury, like a car accident. Uh, uh, we see it a lot in people, especially with two-wheel accidents who injure their head. Uh, so it would be a significant head injury. Mm. Wow. So any injury which kind of damages the brain tissue can mm-hmm. predispose you to seizure. If it is just the skull or the bones, then it's uh, unlikely to cause seizures. But anything which damages the brain tissue can mm-hmm. interrupt the electrical pathways and trigger a seizures. Mm-hmm. All right. So Miss Jean says, yep, that's exactly what we do in terms of trying to control the fevers. Deidre, good morning. She says, great topic. Uh, my son and I had to travel so much while we were dealing with LGS, a type of SD. Uh, things have changed for the better. So glad to have capable neurologists now on island. So thank you, Deidre, um, for sharing that story. Um, so it's it's really important to know that, you know, that's why one of the amazing things about this segment every single Tuesday is you get to know exactly what experts we have here. And I must say that Health City Cayman Islands has, you know, a plethora of um, expertise across the board. So it's great to know that you know, we've got Dr. Romnish, we've got Dr. Susat and others um, who are here to help you because it's stressful when you have to deal with these types of illnesses, but an added complication of stress is if you have to go overseas all the time, traveling, packing up, you know, kids and leaving your family here. And um, it's just good to know that they're just right up the street. So um, very good. Good morning to Ms. Mornan. Good morning um, to Sofinia as well. 936-2626. The phone lines are open if you have a question for us. So we've talked about some of the causes. Let's have a look now at some of the symptoms um, so that when someone is having a seizure, you know what's going on and, of course, you know what you can do about it as well. Yeah, so as Dr. Susan said, there are several different types of seizures. Mm-hmm. Uh, some seizures can present with just uh, symptoms such as uh, tingling on one side of the body. They can be jerking of one side of the body. Uh, The most common type of seizure, which everyone knows of, is what we call as a generalized tonic-clonic seizure. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is a classic seizure where the patient falls to the ground. He has uprolling of his eyes. His body becomes stiff, uh, then followed by jerky movements. Uh, That is the most common type of seizure. Uh, Another seizure which is important is what we call as absence seizures. So in absence seizures, what happens is that the patient, uh, it it's basically the teacher will complain that the student is daydreaming a lot. So the student mm-hmm. would remain conscious, but he would have a blank staring look. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to lose time. Uh, so if you're having a conversation with them, they would lose certain parts of the conversation. Even if they are watching a movie, that may happen. Mm-hmm. So the various type of, types of seizures, but the most common one would be the generalized tonic-clonic seizure. 
So absence seizures, like Dr. Ramnesh said, are the most difficult to identify, especially uh -huh. because they usually affect children. Uh, School-going children is the age group in which they are, and usually they are missed because there's no physical manifestation. It's just like he'll be talking with you and suddenly he'll be zoned uh -huh. out and he'll come back within seconds and would have missed some part of the conversation. So it's mm. quite frequently missed for months or years before they see suddenly somebody is having a decrease in his school for performance and they don't oh, understand yeah. he's good, he's doing everything because he's missing out in most of the classes in like you're having frequencies but nobody notices it. Mm. Now one point uh, Sandra like you said about focal epilepsy we have a condition which is called epilepsy partially continua in which you can have a focal seizure for days or weeks mm -hmm. but still remain conscious. Wow. So just because you said that, so that is a specific term we have for it. So the patient can have a focal seizure continuing for weeks, in fact. Wow. Oh my gosh. So um, can we talk a little bit about the one with children? Because as you were saying that, I thought to myself, you know, most parents would think, oh, the kid's just not paying attention. Even educators could easily miss this for their, like, like you say, oh, they're just daydreaming all the time. Yes. Um, or is there anything that you could really hone in on um, that would help you to try to catch this a bit earlier? So generally, I mean, the, the main complaint which the teacher would go to the parent with is that the child is daydreaming a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, the parent would also notice that, you know, he'd be calling out to the child. The child would not respond at that time. He looks completely normal because his eyes are mm -hmm. open. He's sitting, he's looking at you. Uh, then the child, if he's watching a movie, will suddenly not realize what has happened just prior because mm -hmm. he would have lost time. So they appear to lose time. So these are the symptoms the parents should look out for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, Damien has a question. He says, have you seen an increase uh, from many years ago compared to now? Is there, um, if there is, why do you think that could be? And could it have anything to do with chemicals in our food? So I'm sure diagnostic tools are better than they used to be. So it might be a little bit challenging um, to compare. But in the medical profession, is there any sort of known increase in people having uh, epileptic seizures? So I think the diagnosis and the awareness has also increased. So it would be mm -hmm. very, very difficult uh, to say whether to attribute it to any kind of chemicals in food. So I would not really... Mm -hmm. yeah. I would suggest that's more the awareness among people with yeah. programs like this, which making people more and more aware that they might be suffering from a condition and mm -hmm. seeking treatment and advances in medical sciences, which can identify seizure as the cause of whatever is going wrong with the patient. I think those are the main reasons why we are having an increased pool of patients uh, presently. Mm -hmm. Hmm. All right. Jamila says that this happened to her son last year when he was sick and had a fever. And Miss um, Dean is suggesting to her to always be on the lookout to control the fever, sponging with cold water yeah. along with medication. So there comes a point in time, though, when a child's um, temperature has risen that you need medical intervention. Can we just talk about, um, you know, what that temperature is? Like if you're monitoring a child's temperature, at what point do you realize you've got to get a child to a hospital? Actually, there is no specific point uh, which uh, any point like 100 fever can trigger, 102, 103, uh -huh. there's no, you cannot 
grade it. But if you have uh -huh. a history of febrile seizures and the patient is having fever, then it's better to get attention as early as possible and not mm -hmm. wait to exact what temperature is going to trigger it. Right. Okay. All right. Very good um, advice, folks. Uh, let me just check our WhatsApp messages. I think we have some more messages coming in. So um, this person says that they were at a dance many years ago and a lady next to them started shaking. And uh, I just pulled a guy and said, help. And he grabbed her, but she was too heavy for him. And he had to help her to the ground. She was kicking and shaking and someone put something in her mouth. Uh, it's said to keep her from swallowing her tongue. Not a nice thing at all. So maybe we should talk about it. If you yeah. happen to um, see someone having what looks like some sort of a epileptic seizure, what is it that you should do? So it's a very good question, uh, point you've raised because... Um, if some if you see someone who's having a seizure the main thing is you should make sure that they are able to lie down comfortably anything which can cause them any kind of harm from around them should be removed uh putting something in the mouth is contraindicated that should never be done uh ideally the person if possible should time the seizure once the seizure Wait, let, is, me, let me just let me just pause you there you said you shouldn't put anything in the mouth you should not put anything in the mouth no oh you okay. should never ever put anything in the mouth. Uh, let the seizure run its course. Uh, mm -hmm. Time the seizure if possible. Record it. That's even better if possible. Uh, once the seizure is over, turn the patient to the side. The reason you're doing this is if there are any secretions in the mouth, mm -hmm. uh, they can come out easily. Uh, so that's one scenario. The other scenario is if the person is in a wheelchair, uh, you just try and support the head. Let the seizure run its course. Um, when when should you urgently call an ambulance? So if a seizure is lasting more than five minutes or if the patient is having seizures back to back mm -hmm. or if the patient does not start coming around after the seizure within about five minutes, mm -hmm. then you need to call 911. Also, if you see the patient and you feel he's struggling to breathe, then you need to call 911 or if unfortunately the seizure has occurred in water. Mm. Okay. All right, so um, came in kind. Good morning. Uh, she's questioning. She says, turn them on their side. So it looks like um, a lot of people, I'm so glad that we asked that question. A lot of people don't know what to do. And maybe there's some old ways of doing stuff that isn't medically advisable um, that you've cleared up this morning. So don't put anything in their mouth. Don't put Turn them on their side. After the seizure. After the seizure. After the seizure, okay. not while they're seizing. So while they're seizing, they should just be lying flat. Uh-huh. Okay. On their back. On their back, yeah. Okay. And then you turn them on their side. Yeah. Right. Got it. Okay. And um, if they're sitting in a chair or anything else, you want to try to put them on the floor? If possible, yes. But if they're in a wheelchair or something, the main thing is to support their head. Okay. Yeah. Mm, so usually uh, what what we follow are the three dictums. First is to stay calm. Mm-hmm. Like, First, recognize it. Don't panic because it's going to worsen the situation. Second is right. side. Like you said, turn side. And third is safe. Safe mm -hmm. refers to making the environment safe for the patient having seizure. Remove any sharp objects, any mm -hmm. objects which he can hit and fall on the patient and cause further injury. If the patient is lying on a edge from where he can fall, make sure that he doesn't fall. Mm -hmm. So keep him safe and wait. Uh, one more uh, mistake that commonly people make is trying to hold on to the arm that is jerking. 
that is something you shouldn't do. You just let the arm go through the motions because sometimes if you try to mm -hmm. hold it, it gets dislocated from the joint because it's going to move involuntary. And when you kind of mm -hmm. hold it to one place, you can end up with dislocations in joints. Mm -hmm. So don't hold on to the patient uh, mm -hmm. tightly. Let him for, go through the course. And it probably most of the seizures uh, end within two to three minutes. And like Dr. Romnish said, don't put anything in mouth because anywhere with the seizures, mm -hmm. the secretions are choking the patient. And when you put something in the mouth, you're making respiration for him, the patient, more and more difficult. Hmm. Very good. So Jamila said that she was taught that the person should be turning their side during the seizure. So you're saying no, not during, but after. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go, Jamila. That's something new. And it's good to, to get these things right. Um, Damien said, I'm not sure if there's a part one to this. I didn't see the rest of it. So person cannot choke on their tongue. Oh, right. I got the question now. So we always hear this. Um, this is why people try to put something in their mouth because they think that the tongue becomes, um, you know, a risk for them to choke on or to bite their tongue or whatever. So he's saying, if you don't, you know, put anything in the mouth, does that mean that they're not going to, you know, choke on their tongue, so to speak? Uh, the chances are much less compared to if you put something in the mouth and block the uh, tract. Mm -hmm. Wow, very nice. Got lots of useful information here this morning. So um, Ms. Dean shares another experience. She says, it happened in my lap at age five and having no knowledge uh, what it was, I bawled as if myself was going to knock out. Uh, you have to get knowledge and how to deal with the situation. My niece learned how to deal with it. So Ms. Dean acknowledges um, that, you know, when these things happen, if you have never experienced it and you don't know what to do, uh, there is certainly the risk of, of you panicking and stuff as well. So as the doctors just said, the best thing to do is simply to remain calm. And, um, you know, th this, I tell you what, this se segment is so incredibly amazing because you don't ever think about these things. Like I can tell you, I've never really thought about what do I do? if my daughter has an epileptic seizure or my husband or anybody around me. So this really kind of prepares you mentally, right? If this happens, don't panic. Now you know um, medically what's advised and what are some of the things that you can do. So some really great advice. Good morning to Miss Orlean. Uh, Romeo says the convulsions while lying on the side can cause more damage, especially it, to the patient's head. So again, that's why I think the doctor said, don't move the patient until after the seizure is over. So um, you turn them on their side after it has happened, not during. So thank you, Romeo, for that. Um, Ms. Dean also says, yes, putting stuff in the mouth is a no-no. Just keep calm and in control. Um, Romeo says, can we ask about the shoe over the nose? which I have seen work countless times. So what is what is the shoe over the nose? What is that? These are a lot of different remedies, local remedies, which people use during a seizure. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to comment. So they put a shoe over the nose? Why would you do that? You, it's a, every culture has a different way of dealing with seizures. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't want a stinky shoe on me, please. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just call so, the doctor. Uh, <laughs> so, so previously, uh, probably when there was no uh, active good treatment or we didn't know what was happening, mm -hmm. so people tried different stuff and 
some of the things they thought was working that the Caesar was aborted because they put a shoe, put a flower, mm -hmm. put a towel. But the Caesar stops on itself in most of the cases in two to three minutes. So they would correlate it to, okay, we put that thing. So probably that stopped the Caesar. So that is how things get passed on, that you do this, the Caesar will stop, you do that, the Caesar right. will stop. But uh, yeah, so there's, there's no medical happen. evidence that putting a shoe over somebody's nose is going to help. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah, you might, you might make him pass out from the stinky shoe, Romeo. <laughs> we'll have another, another episode. All right, good morning to Ms. Siobhan. Ms. Linda says, I love everything that the doctor says. I have to deal with my patients on a regular basis. The, the doctor is absolutely accurate. First lady, um, good morning to you. Uh, she says, I have a friend who has this sickness. It's very scary. All right, so a 936-2626 is a telephone number. Um, some really valuable information here uh, this morning on epileptic seizures. So let's talk about some of the things that can actually trigger them. Wow, this is a long list. And the first one, on, oh no, not lack of sleep. Hmm. Yeah, so lack of sleep is one of the most common triggers what? for a person who's predisposed to epilepsy, oh uh, so which is why a good six to eight hours of sleep is needed. Illness, again, so we spoke about febrile convulsions, uh, which can, again, lower the threshold for seizures. Flashing bright lights is no longer really seen in the old days, uh, you know, where you had the TV which came on with a flash, the two uh -huh. TVs. So those were sort of said not to be used. Yeah. Alcohol, again, lowers the seizure threshold, so does drugs. Stress, uh, menstrual cycle, hormonal changes, so general healthy lifestyle is needed to prevent mm -hmm. seizures. The most important thing also in someone who's been diagnosed with epilepsy is taking mm -hmm. the medications and taking the medications on time. Uh, many times you'll get a call from the patient saying, Doc, I don't remember if I've taken my medication this morning. Mm -hmm. The safest thing to do is take it when you do remember. Take the next dose as scheduled. Mm -hmm. Don't remember, take a dose and take the next dose as scheduled. Okay. That's, that's good to know. Sometimes it happens to me in my blood pressure medication. I'm thinking, oh man, did I take it? I can't remember. So I'll just wait. But you said, especially with seizure medication, with take seizure, it yeah. as you remember. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you said the flashing bright lights or patterns is no longer so much of a concern. Susanta. Yeah, the flashing lights are a concern. Like he said, it was specific about the TV. TV. That we, oh, okay. Uh, TV, the TV uh, technology has evolved. Earlier, it was a kind of tube-based uh, TV channels uh -huh. which came up with the bright light when you switched it on. Now okay. we have LEDs and OLEDs, so the technology is different. You just don't get a flash when you switch it on. Now, the one thing which I want everybody to know with seizures while watching TV to do is uh -huh. keep the room lighted. The only problem that you should avoid is make the room dark and watch TV on it. Then it can might have give a kind of a flashing light sensation. So keep the TV room well lighted when you, if you have an epilepsy patient mm -hmm. and sit a little distant away from the TV. Don't just get glued to the screen. So those are two precautions which I would like patients with mm -hmm. seizures to take when they're watching TV. Okay. And do you have any concern with people, um, children in particular, who might be using things like iPads? Do you have, you know, any, anything? Can an iPad trigger any sort of a seizure as well? Because normally they have it like right up to their faces. Yeah, with patients with seizures, like anything which is changing light, which acts as like a flashing light, it can trigger seizures. 
So a little distance away with well-lit area can decrease uh, the chances of seizures. So anybody having seizures, it's better to avoid for prolonged duration uh, using mm -hmm. iPads or creams very close to their face. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's not on this list that I discovered, because it's something that I'm working on medically myself, is dehydration is also something that you should be careful of. So make sure that you're you're properly hydrated. Yep, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right, morning to Marshall. Miss um, Dean says, yep, very scary experience. Good morning to Alejandro. Um, Dawn, uh, good morning to you. Says, do you have a pediatric okay. neurologist at Health City? Uh, not as yet. We are trying to get a visiting pediatric neurologist to come in maybe once every three months. But mm -hmm. currently, unfortunately, no. And I know there is a huge demand because we get a lot of referrals. And unfortunately, we're not able to help all of them because it's a separate speciality. Mm. Wow. And uh, Damien is asking what types of food, if there's certain types of foods that can trigger um, seizures. It's mostly alcohol, uh, drug abuse, which can trigger seizures. Now, in children, we follow specific diets uh, for seizure control, mm -hmm. uh, which are uh, uh, like pretty much recommended in many seizure types. One is the ketogenic diet, uh, which is very well uh, known to control seizures, in which the content of fat uh, is high and the carbohydrate list. And all these are supervised diets, medically supervised, usually prescribed by a pediatric neurology, uh, neurologist. And they are very good in efficacious in controlling seizures. The ketogenic diet, there are three, four different types. The modified Atkins diet, there's a mm -hmm. uh, mid-chain mid triglyceride diet. So diet in helping control seizures, yes, we use diet control in children. But food subtypes triggering seizures, uh, if, except for in reflex epilepsy, they are not really implicated as such. Mm -hmm. huh. All right. Wow. So incredibly interesting. Is there a genetic component to um, seizures as well? Do they run in families like certain types? Yeah, mostly the pediatric epilepsy complexes that we see, the syndromes, mm -hmm. they do have a genetic component. Uh, like the patient, we always say juvenile myoclonic epilepsy. It mm -hmm. has a genetic component and it runs in families. So mm -hmm. some of, uh, of the pediatric epilepsy syndromes, usually they're associated with a lot of other conditions like uh, behavioral abnormalities, learning disabilities, along with seizures. Mm -hmm. So they are genetic in nature. So that is why pediatric neurology is completely sub different subspeciality because it's a lot more complex than adult epilepsy. Mm -hmm. Now, is it possible I saw that dementia can actually increase the risk of epilepsy in older adults? So could you go your entire life and never suffer from any sort of an episode and then all of a sudden in your senior years because of dementia start to um, have epilepsy? So there are two peaks in epilepsy. One is during childhood and early years mm. and the other is after the age of 60. Mm. Hmm. So it's generally children yeah. and, uh, and elderly. elderly. Yes. So anyone, again, maybe you're caring for an elderly aunt or, you know, mom or dad or whatever, this is important to, you know, obviously know and potentially be on the lookout for as well. Um, you also made mention of um, drugs. Are there particular types of drugs that we're talking about? I know, no, you know, no drugs are safe, but any over-the-counter medication even 
that you should be aware of that has been associated with, um, you know, the onset of, of seizures? Uh, Dr. Ramesh, it's, uh, like drugs, uh, any kind of intoxicant, they decrease the threshold yeah. uh, potential and can give rise to seizures. Certain mm -hmm. medications we use in general practice for fever or infection can, in fact, reduce seizures and are not recommended if a patient with having seizures. So when you're going for any kind of treatment, you can also be good to mention to the doctor you're going that you have seizures and our medications. So mm -hmm. certain kind of antibiotics or drugs are usually can be avoided, should be avoided if you're having seizures because they also can reduce the threshold of seizure or you having a seizure breakthrough seizure if you start mm -hmm. those medications. Mm -hmm. hmm. Melissa says being overly excited can trigger a seizure. Is that right? So again, stress, overly excited. Uh -huh. hmm. Very interesting. All right, folks. So we're learning so much here this morning. Uh, so let's talk about prevention and treatment. Um, you know, Dr. Ramnish and Dr. Susant are there if you need them, but they would probably rather not see you under these conditions if there are things that you can do to help. So, of course, Alejandro says that marijuana actually helps to prevent seizures. What do we know about marijuana usage and seizures? So a lot of people come with this question, can we use cannabis oil to control our seizures? It has not been approved as a first-line treatment for epilepsy. Uh, there's some patients who are insistent on it. So what we do is we start them on a regular medication and cannabis oil can be used as an add-on. Uh, but mm -hmm. as a first-line therapy, definitely not cannabis oil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So that means that maybe some anecdotal stuff, but it's really not, it's it's not proven itself as it's yet. It's not proven itself yet. There's no large trial to show that we can use cannabis oil as a first-line uh, treatment for seizures. Mm -hmm. All right. So prevention and treatment. Marshall has a question. Says a friend of mine suffers from epilepsy. Even if he takes his meds, it still happens. Why is that? So is this one of those disorders where it takes quite a bit of tweaking to get the medication right before you might, you know, see a real impact? Yeah. So it's tweaking with the dose and also the choice of the medication. Uh, so, which is why it is important for regular follow-up. It can take a while before we choose the right medication, the right dose for the patient. Mm -hmm. uh, but generally, most patients are well controlled. Uh, there is a very small subset which would be medically refractory to medications. And in those few patients, we might consider surgeries for the epilepsy. Mm -hmm. But that's a very small subset of patients. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so prevention and treatment, public education, which we are doing here this morning, making sure that you're aware of the different types, um, some possible triggers, and of course, what you do. Uh, you know, we talked about what you do if other people are there. What do you do if you're the only person there? Is there much that you can do? There's unfortunately not much you can do. So there are guidelines for patients with epilepsy who live alone. Uh, there are things like uh, when you you should take a shower bath, not a tub bath, because if you do have a seizure when you're in the tub, it can be catastrophic. Uh, when you're in the washroom, don't lock the door when you go in. Uh, there are certain modifications you have to do in when you're cooking. So the stove, you should not use the front burners. You should use the burners at the back. Mm -hmm. uh, smoke detectors are very, very important because if you have a seizure and you have something in the stove, when you come around, you're going to be confused. So, which is why if you've left something on the stove, uh, then even the edges of furniture, 
need to be sort of protected uh, for people living with epilepsy, especially if they're living alone. Mm-hmm. Wow. And are there any sort of devices? I know in the U.S. they have like these life alert devices. Is there anything that a person can wear that perhaps can alert family members um, if they're having a seizure to say, you know, this person is in distress? Not sure if you're aware of this, but I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, I believe there is a kind of watch which can trigger an alert and mm-hmm. alert some of the caregivers or relatives that the person has had a seizure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure the Apple Watch. Not- probably- Maybe there's an app. There's a lot of devices. There's a lot of work going in this uh, yeah. devices mm-hmm. for alerting diseases. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, lifestyle changes to prevent, control high blood pressure, diabetes, and obesity. So again, these are some of the lifestyle issues that we're always talking about here on this program that contribute to so many things. And you know, epileptic seizures being no different. If you have those under control, it would certainly be good. Eliminating tobacco use and alcohol use. Yeah, at least reducing it for sure. And if you are an epileptic, then you would need to avoid it completely. That would be best. Mm-hmm. Uh, medication and then in some instances, sh- surgery would be sort of the, li- the last line. Yeah, of, sure. yeah, the last option. All right. So uh, we've got a question here. What happens when your tongue goes numb, tingly, and your body feels slightly weird? Kind of hard for me to explain because of the fibromyalgia. Um, so that's not really, that doesn't quite sound like that's probably an epileptic seizure. That could be something else. Uh, difficult if the person has been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Uh, it could be associated with that, but uh, very difficult without seeing the patient to comment on. Mm-hmm. All right, Shamari, let's talk about how, um, you know, the people who are suffering from this, can actually get to the expert, see Dr. Ramnish, Dr. Susant, if they need to get properly diagnosed and get on a treatment plan. No, definitely. And um, this is this is why we're also, I'm happy to say we have it set up. We're going to be bringing on um, Stephen from our IT team so that we can go through the Connect app within the next few weeks. I saw him yesterday and he's like, I can't believe you're going to be carrying me in the spotlight. I was like, yes, we're carrying you, dragging you to come to the spotlight. Um, but on our Connect app, you can also go on to search for physicians, either Dr. Raj, Dr. Susant, um, and set an appointment. However, if you're not exactly sure and you want to um, actually have a diagnosis done, you can just call us at 640-4040 or info at healthcity.ky, and we will determine which physician you should actually go see. But if you know specifically that you need to see Dr. Romnish or Dr. Susan, you can actually book an appointment from the website or from our Connect app as well. And as I mentioned, Stephen um, will be coming on, our very own Stephen from our IT department within the next two weeks so that we can walk people through what it looks like on the Connect app and how easy it is to be able to book appointments as well as to get your medical records. I know you had some, um, a few months ago, you would have had some experience with that, that your medical records are right there, um, mm-hmm. obviously secure, but within our system online that you can access it as well. Beautiful. Both Jackie and Miss Soka uh, making some comments here about the use of dogs. So Jackie says that do- dogs can be trained to alert patients of a seizure that's coming. And Soka says, yes, many people epileptic, uh, epilepsy have dogs who will warn them of impending attacks so they can situate themselves 
to not get hurt, dogs rule. So um, yes, we have seen this and we've heard of this, that people and um, dogs can be trained. Um, they seem to pick up on changes uh, before a seizure that people can then, um, you know, as, as Soka rightfully said, uh, lie down in the ground and so on. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, thank you very, very much for, to um, Dr. Ramdish and um, Dr. Susat for coming on the program today and having a chat with us. I think a lot of us uh, learned tons of information about uh, epileptic seizures. Uh, if you have any questions, 640-4040 is a helpful number that you can call for consultation. You can also contact them via email, info at healthcity.ay. So um, we really appreciate this uh, topic this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra, for having us. Thank you. Right. Thank you, Sandra. And, and Sandy, I'll, I'll give you an update next week because, you yeah. know, <laughs> we're, we're, we are 2-1-0, all right? So we play every Saturday. So I'll, I'll give you an update through to the end of March. Yes, Hopefully all right. So we go, we go straight from football season straight into the to actual playing, the, the actual playing basketball. basketball league. Yes, <laughs> we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait ten years for Doctor Ramesh to come along <laughs> for over forty. When he's old enough. When he's old enough. Absolutely. When I'm old enough. Yeah. Yes. So Siobhan says, "Lovely segment that I caught today." So lots of people sitting back having learned a lot. Um, folks, contact the experts. Um, they're here for you. And I really enjoy them coming on the program. Okay, good stuff. Thanks. Uh, with what does that say? With great beard comes great responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you get these mugs from. I feel like you've got a special, a special Every connection. Oh, let me let me show off my honey. Since we're gonna show off our mugs today, I'm gonna show what off my got? honey child, my honey child <laughs> water mug this morning. <laughs> my water. Yeah, trying to drink, trying to drink more water. I, um, I, I took a video of Levi. I need to send it to you. He he knows you as Honey Child, by the way. That's <laughs> that's his action. He's like Miss Honey Child. I'm like, okay, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So, um, docs, I am trying to drink more water, and I'm sure water is very very important to the brain and all the other major organs. So, can we give a big shout out this morning? How how much water should I really be trying to drink? I'm doing my best, but some days it's kind of hard. So tell me, how much water should I really be drinking? Uh, two, two and a half liters at least a day. Three All liters, right. man. Three liters. Sounds like a lot. But I'm, I'm, I'm starting, you know, this is the start of the day. So there you go. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Romnish and Dr. Susant. Um, thank you. You can find them at Health City Cayman Islands. And you can find Shamari when he's not busy watching football, playing basketball, trying to run a marathon. You know, no, he's no trying marathons. to do... No or using the treadmill behind them. Treadmill yeah, that's behind right. Them. See right there? <laughs> See, it's move position again, Sandy. So whoever was the rude person saying it was yeah. there for decoration. I, I you know, that he it's, does it's use it because, um, you know, it never has clothes hanging on it. <laughs> you know, that, it's really important right. when you use it as a clothes hanger. Miss Elise right. says, thanks, Health City, for your time. Every Tuesday, folks, you can find them here at the beginning of the show for uh, Medical Rundown Tuesdays. Very, very informative sessions. And uh, listen, Shamari is always here for a good laugh as well. All right. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, folks, that's another episode of Medical Rundown Tuesday. Wow, I must tell you that I learned a lot. I've never um, had to deal with an epileptic uh, situation, but now I feel more confident that if it happened, that um, you know I would hopefully remain a little bit calmer after uh, learning a little bit today. 
so many interesting things like lack of sleep and, and, you know, alcohol and drugs, stress. There can be so many triggers. Wow. You got to take care of yourself, honey chill. Shaka Zulu. Good morning. Says keep at it. Water consumption is just a matter of conditioning. I know. Let me take a sip while we're at it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. There we go. Ooh, I'm getting there. Yeah. Okay. Trying to trying to do my best. Oh, somebody says, where can I get a honey child mug? We have the regular um, tea and coffee mugs. This one was made for me um, from a local designer. So I got my little water jug in the morning. We got the cold hard truth on one side and then honey child on the next side. So I love this one because that's great for water. And this morning for breakfast, I'm having some fresh. Um, I felt a little bit hungry this morning. Like some mornings I get up and I'm like, oh man, I'm so hungry. I can't do my fasting thing. I just feel really, really hungry. Although I suspect I could push through it. But you know, um, so this morning I'm having some, um, what are these called again? Mm, um, oranges. Yes. Having oranges for breakfast. That's going to be my breakfast this morning. All right. Very good. So we got a lot to talk about, honey, Jill. Let's see what's up next. Dun, 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 dun. Um, oh, okay. Okay. So let me see. Good morning. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Interesting. Uh-huh. Okay. So let's talk about the, um, now I got to preface this conversation. I just want y'all to listen. Okay. This is a listen Linda moment. I don't want anybody to comment. I know that's going to be hard for some of y'all, but just sit back and listen. I'm going to tell you why. Um, oh gosh, somebody sent me something. <laughs> what a mess. All right. I think I got to read that one. I got to watch that one off here. All right. So the trial for um, McKeever Bush started yesterday. I don't want anybody commenting on the trial itself. I'm just going to give you all a, a synopsis as we go through of what is going on. Okay. So this is, we're, we're in class and this is one of those things where you just sit back and listen. You will make zero contribution. What we don't want to have happen is um, his attorneys claiming that oh, you know, public opinion is being swayed for or against him or whatever, and then the trial gets thrown out. So the judge has asked the media to be cautious in our approach. I think that we're all mature adults here, so we can have a listen, Linda moment where you just listen and you you do not share your opinions about him. Keep it to yourself. After the trial, we can then do a deeper dive into the whole thing, and then we can share opinions and the rest. So I will not be sharing any opinions about Mr. Bush. Um, yes, please control yourselves. And to make sure that Anna can control yourselves, anyone who does not control themselves will be blocked forthwith. And you guys know what that means. You'll never be able to come on the program again. So don't do it. Okay. Um, oh, what is Soka says? Oranges, citric acid shouldn't be the first thing in your stomach for the day. But I not, never saw anyone eat an orange with a fork. So maybe I misunderstood. <laughs> Yes, these are oranges. Why can't I eat it with a fork? Mm-hmm. So, Blackberry says to turn off the comments. I wish I could, but there's no way 
to turn off comments on a live stream. So it just can't happen. I'm sorry. All right. But y'all are big people. Pull up your big girl and big boy panties now and just behave yourselves. Can't be that hard. Y'all act like y'all ain't got no self-control. So first of all, the most interesting thing for me was the preliminary stuff. So they had to select um, four alternates in case, you know, people get sick and stuff happens. Now, I was surprised to find out that our legislation is not, has never addressed the issue of there actually being alternates available. You see, this is where I have to constantly ask the question, where are the legislators? And in this case, the office of the solicitor general, like this is such an easy fix. This really isn't anything terribly controversial that sometimes you might need alternates to sit on a jury. You know, um, you, you pick a jury of seven for murder cases. I think it's 12 people. Something happens to one of them. Say, for example, you've got a trial that like is four or five weeks. Things can happen in four or five weeks. Somebody gets sick, somebody catches COVID, you know, whatever. Heaven forbid somebody dies in the middle of a trial. Like you'd be forced to start all over again if you did not have the benefit of being able to use, um, you know, alternates. So the judge did, he heard legal arguments about the use of alternates. And he has uh, decided to allow for there to be um, four alternates just in case something happens. Well, it's a good thing because guess what? Yesterday they needed to use one of the alternates already. Hmm. So incredibly interesting. So, um, yes, the alternates were, were called in. One, you know, So they have to sit there until the end of the, and I understand that this bit is a little bit unusual, but the alternates will sit there until the end of the um, prosecution case, I think. Is it the end of the prosecution case? So, and, you know, his, uh, first of all, let me tell you about the lawyers. So they've got local attorneys, but the local attorneys are not the ones who are handling the case. You know, they do this all the time, big profile cases. They're going to bring in the big wigs, the KCs from overseas. So for the prosecution, they have a young lady. Uh, what is her name? Something Sudar Singh or something. She's from Trinidad. So she's got one of those Indian names. Um, she works for the DPP's office, but she is kind of like the second seat. So she's there. But the person who's really leading the case and who's getting up speaking and doing all the, the heavy lifting, if you will, is a guy by the name of Charles Miskin, KC. On the opposite side for the defense, it's Mr. Dennis Brady. But again, he's kind of just sitting there. And the person doing all the heavy lift, lifting is a lady by the name of Sally Bennett Jenkins, um, KC as well. So these guys come in, these attorneys come in from the UK um, to handle these cases. Yes? So um, they got up and they argued about, you know, she didn't really make an argument to say that they shouldn't have alternates because they have used alternates in the past. She was just saying that there's no legislative framework um, to really support the use of alternates. Uh, in other words, it's not in the law. The law doesn't expressly permit it. And so her position was, if you allow it, we have to safeguard that process and be very, very careful. Now, the thing of interest for me, when they were having this discussion, 
Um, I figured, yeah, you know, the judge is going to allow the alternates. That's, um, you know, you know, it's going to happen. But what I thought was particularly interesting was the fact that, um, <laughs> remember when we talked about when they had the grand court opening and Miss Margaret, uh, Chief Justice Miss Margaret Ramsey was saying that the, the current courthouse situation is just not fit for purpose. Well, yesterday, is Hunter listening this morning? Because I know he was one of the ones arguing that, of course, it's fit for purpose. We had, um, who else was arguing in this case that it was fit for purpose? Um, oh, what's her name? She lives in the UK now, uh, the Caymanian there. Um, oh, I can't remember. She's like, oh, there's nothing wrong with the building, with a 50-year-old building. They can continue to use it. Um, just because it's old doesn't mean it's not fit for purpose. Uh, this is a perfect example of where it's not fit for purpose, right? They have to separate the jury pool, the regular jurors, from the alternates. They cannot have them even theoretically, not theoretically, in real terms, try to um, cross paths. And so this is near impossible with the current courthouse that we have. It is a logistical nightmare. So what they've had to do um, is come up with a very, very creative workaround. Uh, we as media are there. So there are four media houses that were there yesterday. I don't know where everybody else was, but it was me, Wendy Ledger, um, uh, Radio Keyman had someone and the Compass of course had someone there. And so for us, they're trying to figure out, because normally we sit in a very specific area. So then they're um, trying to figure out where to put us and not interfere with the jurors and not interfere with the alternates and not have them, as they say, cross-pollinate with each other. So this is what they said. The defense said, absent any specific legislation or guidance from the superior courts, no provision within the law to provide for the use of alternate jurors. Alternates... Um, that it might be wrong in law to permit their attendance until the end of the evidence. So if, she then argued that if you're going to allow them, there can be no contact with the jury panel, with the seven that have been chosen, no cross-pollination. They can't talk to each other. They can't, and trust me, in that courthouse where you have limited space that you can utilize, it is really quite challenging. They're trying to set up extra monitors and they got wires all over the place because, again, the courthouse just is not designed for a modern day trial where you will have um, some instances of like video footage. You've got pictures, evidence, you've got all this stuff that jurors are going to have to look at. So they're going to be pulling in footage from the Ritz Carlton. You know, the courtroom isn't designed for that. So they're literally taking um, computer monitors tie strapping them to the railing on the side of where you sit and then hooking them up to um, extension cords and extension cables that are running along the side. It, it's, let me just say, it's, it's a logistical nightmare. I mean, it, it is absolutely ridiculous to see how the courthouse has to be set up because it just isn't designed for a modern day, like it, 50 years ago, they barely had TVs. 
they have TVs 50 years ago. You know, they certainly weren't using them in a courthouse. There was no CCTV footage or anything like that. Their jury might have to see. Hmm. What a hot mess. Uh, Hunter says, let's get sidewalks first. That say what? Hunter, <laughs> you do yourself no favors on this show. I have got to tell you. Whew, let me have a bite of my citrus. Mm-mm. No, sir. What a hot mess. Ooh, honey child. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Anyway, take it from me. That place is not fit for purpose, not for trial. And this is, <laughs> ah, Lord Jesus. All right, let's move on. So um, anyway, <laughs> um, they went into all the details of the Ju- Judicature Act, which is the piece of legislation that deals with how jurors are handled. You know, you guys should have a look at the Judicature Act because it also sets out um, things, for example, of who can serve on a jury. Now, one of the things that I think needs to happen, we were actually talking about this this weekend, um, nothing to do with this trial, just generally speaking about jury duty. Somebody was saying that, you know, they've got jury duty and stuff coming up. And I'm a firm believer in that it's probably time to expand the jury pool. So right now, only people who are registered to vote can actually sit on a jury. Well, it seems to me that um, it's time to consider expansion of that and anybody who has status should be part of the jury pool, not just registered voters. Why is the litmus test registered voters? Because what I have discovered is there's some people who want the benefit of being a Caymanian, but not of the responsibility. And so what that means is they will not, under any circumstances, even get registered to vote. Mm-mm, honey, chat. So yes, they don't want to get registered to vote. They're going to just do their own thing and, you know, get the benefit, like I said, of being a Caymanian and never, ever register to vote because they don't want to ever be called for jury duty. And then when you guys are called for jury duty, oh, you got every excuse in the world. Oh, I'm sick. Oh, I'm traveling. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. It's like, what the heck? Stop looking for excuses. Now, it's also interesting that there are people who have been called multiple times and there are other people who have never been called. So I don't know how they pick exactly from the list. And these are people who registered voters. So they're reusing people and burning people out. Okay. There has to be some kind of a database, right? If you've been called in the last year, pull pull from people who haven't been called in the last year. Expand the list. Heck, I'm ready from to expand the list to residents as well. Uh, people of PR, make them pay too. <laughs> you know, you want to be part of this community, you got to start giving back to the community. So, um, like I said, the Judicature Act, go check it out. It is a very interesting um, piece of legislation, but it deals with, I think the last version of it um, is a 2004. 
four revision. Let me see if there's one um, since then. Let me see. Judicator. Uh, oh, 2021 revision. Yes. That's why it's important to get the latest one. So this is a 2021 revision. And it talks about a number of very, very interesting things, like I said, including um, how the jury pool is set up. So um, definitions, duties of the bailiff, for example, is contained in here. Um, bailiff's monthly returns, receipt books, composition of jurors. So that's section eight. Um, so it talks about uh, subject to subsection two and three, every person whose name appears on the last Register of electors compiled under Section 18 of the Electors Act 2021 revision and who has not attained the age of 70, so there's an age limit, is liable to serve on juries in the court upon the trial of all issues directed to be tried by a jury. Now, remember, there are exemptions. So there's a whole list of people who are exempted. Let's look at the exemptions. The governor, the deputy governor, so Franz Manderson can't serve, a member of the Cayman Islands Parliament, so that's 19 people gone right there, all MPs, a judge or magistrate, and some of them make, make sense, uh, the spouse, civil partner, offspring, stepchild, or legally adopted child of a person specified in paragraphs A, B, C, and D. Uh, say what? So no spouses of those people. So now MP spouses can't serve their offspring, their civil partners, their stepchild, or legally adopted children. Wow. So if you're a primary relative of an MP, you can't serve on a, a jury or the deputy governor or judge or magistrates or the governor. Well, the governor, we understand. A public officer employed in the cabinet office so nobody who works in cabinet can be called for jury duty. Jeez, I'm peace. Talk about this list just growing by the minute. Attorney at law actively engaged in litigation practice. That one I can understand. A person registered to practice medicine under the Health Practitioners Act. So doctors are also excluded. Why? Hmm. Okay. An officer of a court of competent jurisdiction. Now, who would be an officer of a court of competent jurisdiction? Who does that extend to? An officer of a court of competent jurisdiction. Where, where is that? Where is our um, in-house um, legal counsel this morning? I'm wondering how far does that extend to an officer of a court of um, competent jurisdiction would be who? What do, who does that include? Do we have Mr. Balika, Balika this morning available to answer this question? Because I am curious, an officer of a court of competent jurisdiction, who does that, who else does that include? We've already said judges and magistrates specifically. Who else is that? Mr. Balika, are you free this morning? Let's give him a little ring-a-ding. Uh, yes. He might be able to assist us. Okay. And the list goes on. Um, let me see here. Uh, a constable, so no police officer, basically. A person appointed as a prison officer, so no prison officer. Yeah, I'm wondering, somebody said bailiffs and jailers 
I mean, I don't know who else that would be, but I'll, I'm going to try to find out. And the person appointed as a prison officer. Yeah. So no constables, no prison officers, no police officers. So again, that's potentially, I mean, I don't know how many of them are on the electors list, but you know, that's probably a good number right there. Person who was mentally disoriented, disordered as defined in the mental health act. That's fine. A person who's been charged with an offense and is currently before any court of the islands pending trial for the offenses. My God, there goes hundreds of people right there. Because <laughs> at any given time, you've got hundreds of people before the courts. What a hot mess. Um, has been convicted before any court of the Cayman Islands of an offense for which that person was sentenced to a term of imprisonment and who has not received a free pardon in respect of that offense has been convicted before court, uh-huh, which the person was sentenced. Does that include a suspended sentence? To a term of imprisonment who has not received a free pardon. Uh, huh. I wonder if that also includes suspended sentences. I'd be interested to know. Um, so I don't say ministers of religion anymore. Weren't they on here at one time? I think... Ministers of religion used to be on here. Hmm. Maybe they remove them. Um, so subsection 2F, a public officer. Okay, so it defines that a bit more. But it doesn't, there's no qualification about an officer of a court of company. So I'm curious about subsection I. All right, so it goes on. Um, I think that they they need to kind of, you know, open the list up a little bit. It's it's time, really. Um, and then it talks about payment of jurors, the jury list, how they pick a foreman, balloting for jurors, number of jurors in criminal cases. So the more serious, um, there's seven on trial and indictment in cases other than murder or treason. Seven jurors shall form the array. And then murder and treason, I think it goes up to 12. Um, mm -hmm. So good to know these things. And, um, I, and I think that there are other people. So, for example, I'm not on that list anywhere. I don't see a reason why I should be disqualified. So I would like to find out why I have never been called. I returned home in 1996. I registered right away. got registered to vote. I believe in voting participating in your so-called democracy. And um, I have never, well, how, how many years has that been now that I've been back? 1996 to 2024. Folks, I have never been called um, to sit as a juror. And I want to sit as a juror. That's 28, oh my God, 28 years already? Oh, geez, I'm peace. Talk about aging yourself. Uh, 28 years, I've been back home and nobody has called me. I'm right here, registered to vote, and I'm happy to sit on a juror. But you see, they don't tend to pick people who like work in media either. Although we're not on the list that says we can't be selected. I can be fair and impartial. Shoot, I'd like to be a professional jury. Juror. I'll be there every day. All right. So, anywho, um, Amori says, I've never been called either. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. How are you doing? Not bad. How are you? Good. Nice. Every every time I listen to your show, I learn mm. more. Oh, that's beautiful. So good to know. What did you learn today? 
mm-hmm. get I get notice to go to the be on the bench as a juror. Yeah, so you didn't know anything about who could qualify and who didn't qualify, right? Yes, but I, I served thirty years as police officer. And you've have you you've never been called? I got called to be a juror. You were called? Yes. What do you mean you were called? Yes, I've I've been here for yeah. Now, were you called when you were actually a police constable? No, no, I retired now. Oh, so you've been called since retirement? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, no, but that works. Yeah. Well, I mean, you retired, so you're no longer a constable. No, no. Yeah, so that's okay. And so, you're, under, you're under 70, so you'll be all right. Mm-hmm. A little okay. bit under 70. All a right. little bit under under, a little bit under 70. <laughs> All right, my dear. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm cool to go. You're good to go. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're good. To, you're good to go. And you have, you know, retired people have a little bit more time on their hands. So why not? That's not really true. I have my business. <laughs> you're still busy. <laughs> I hear you. Mm-hmm. Thank All you, right. sir. Appreciate it. Um, don't, yes. Don't go yet. How okay. Would you, oh, okay. How, how would you like, like to feel being a, in the box? Understand? Uh-huh. And when you look out, look out in there, you see someone who arrested you before to be a drug. Um, you know what? <laughs> I mean, if you <laughs> retired. But to be fair now, if you're retired, I mean, when was the last time you arrested anybody? How long have you been retired for? Seven years ago. Several years? Seven. Seven. Oh, that's a long time, honey, jail. It's a small company. And this is one of the reasons why I'm saying, um, you know, we need to expand the jury pool. But it is a small community. So the chances are of you having seen someone before, maybe having interacted with someone I think there'd have to be a very, very specific reason if you can't remain impartial about that individual or if they have some real connection. I mean, listen, when I had uh, one of my cases, I'll never forget, there was someone there. Her name is Sandy. And she was like, oh, yeah, I, I know um, I know Sandy. I know Sandra. And the judge was like, really? Everybody knows her. That can't be the test here <laughs> because she's you know, somewhat of a public person. The question becomes, how well do you know her? Are the two of you f- close re- family members? Are you friends? And this person, although I know her, we don't sit down and break bread. I hardly ever see her. If I see her in the street, like everybody else I see on the street, I just wave and say, hi, how you doing? And that's it. So you can't look to get out of jury duty just because you're like, yep, I, I know her. She'd be on my radio every single morning. That would not be enough. It would have to be like, oh, she's my first cousin and we tight and we hang out. Because then maybe you're not able to be um, impartial when it comes to, you know, the facts put before you in a case about me. So that's how you have to, that, that's really the test is your impartiality. Cool. All right. So I, I believe you can be impartial. Cool. All right, my dear. Have a good one. All right. Take care. All right. So just a reminder, we see Johan in the chat. Johan, in case you did not uh, tune in when we gave this warning. Uh, this morning. Don't get yourself blocked on the platform. It's a listen, Linda moment. 
So you can make general comments. We're now we're talking about jury selection, but we will not be making any specific opinion-based comments about the case itself or even about Mr. Bush this morning because he is very sensitive and we don't want him running to his lawyers making any complaints and have the whole trial kicked out because of CMR. We will not be doing that. So keep certain comments to yourself, okay? After it's all said and done, then we can circle back and say the most, but not at this time. Okay. So, um, right. So interesting about jury juries, I think uh, we need to really consider expanding them, in my humble opinion. Mm -hmm. So the judge allowed for the alternates. And like I said, um, so, somebody said some people have never been called. And then there's some people who are called over and over again. Uh, Amori says she's never been called. Damien says, really? I haven't been called in over 20 years. How? 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 I don't understand why they don't, you know, who, who picks, how is the selection done? Like I have some questions now for the court. Because if you have people who've never been called in 20 years, why hasn't Damien ever been called? Uh, Alejandro says, I can think of a few reasons, Sandy. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Aliana says, nah. You, they, they're like, nah. Miss Sandy, you chat too much for their liking. No, man, I'm telling you, call me. Uh, Johan says, if you were a juror, that person would be screwed because you think everybody's guilty. Hashtag bad mind. No, I don't. I'm going to look at the evidence before me. Um, and I'm going to make a fair determination based on the evidence. Now, it says an attorney at law engaged in litigation practice. So that doesn't eliminate other attorneys. So corporate attorneys, attorneys who never go to court for litigation, you know, shuffling corporate paperwork, they also are eligible. But I don't really see many white collar people up in their child. They be trying to stress out the poor little, poor little poor people. Hmm? Uh-uh. Oh, mash. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Romeo says, people like you and me don't get called for that, Sandy. <laughs> can't recall Romelia ever saying, I can't do that. I got jury duty. There's a blacklist somewhere. Well, my gosh. I am beginning to wonder, Romeo, because like I said, I'm, I'm willing and able and ready. Call me, call me. Hold on, where, where's my little call me jingle? Maybe if I play this for the courts, they'll be like, okay, we need to call Sandy. Hold on. Um, Which one, which one is it? Which one is it? Is this the one? Filters allowed, real information, no filters allowed. Judging number one is showing the island today. No, that's not the one. There's another one. Uh, where's the one that says, call, call, call me? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to look for that one. I thought I had it here. Anywho. Call me, call me. Yes. All right. Um, Alejandro says, back of the class. 
You're not getting any brownies today. Good morning, Mr. Dean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Johanna, tell y'all how we got brownies Saturday night, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Johan, tell them about the brownies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I was called twice but wasn't chosen, Mr. Amelia. Oh. Hmm. They question you before you're selected. Yes, that there is a process. And, you know, I think, I can't remember how many, that has to be in the judicature act as well. Each side can deny a person for whatever reason. I don't even think they have to give a reason. They can just be like, mm, we don't like the way that you look. There's a whole TV show in the U.S. about jury selection that's very, very interesting. Here, I feel like it's not all that deep. Um, But what is interesting to me is I see some people who are so not interested in being there. Like their body language says, I don't want to be here. Listen, after you've watched a couple of these, right, you become a bit of a connoisseur and being able to look at people and figure out certain things about them just from their body language. We don't interact and talk with jurors. That's against the rules, right? So, you know, we, we Caymanians believe in manners. So if I'm outside and they walk by and say, good morning, I say, good morning. But I'm not going to stand up and hold no, no big time conversation because I never want anybody to think that, oh, is Sandy talking to them about the case and she can get inside so and whatever. No, 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 no. You try to keep everybody at arm's length when these things are happening. But I can sit there and look at the jury box and tell you who is understanding certain things. Some people don't look like they can read, honey child. When they get the bundle, and I saw one of them faces yesterday, they look woefully confused. Like, oh, what What are you saying, Paige? What? I don't even know what the page looks like. Listen, they claim that you're being judged by a juror of your peers. But Lord Jesus, Scott, I agree with you. He says, start with status holders. There's plenty of them. We need to expand the jury pool. Not just registered voters. We need to go to that status holder list. You want K-Man status? Good for you. You're going to be called for jury duty. I don't know, honey child. So Andrea says the jury is afraid to convict. Most cases should be judge alone. Well, that is up to the the person who is accused. So the accused gets to decide whether it is judge alone or... um, mm -hmm. Who's he? Or it's um, whether it's judge alone or if it's a jury trial. So um, a lot of accused like jury trials. Okay. Um, good morning, Miss Sue. Aliano says that he's been called twice. Uh, Rough C says my comments are still hidden. The only comments that are shown are the ones you replied to insulting me. You need to go and talk to Facebook. It has nothing to do with us, Rough Seas. If we do anything to you, you wouldn't see any of your comment because our only option is to block you or delete a comment. That is not what we're doing. You need to talk to Facebook. I told you this already. It ain't got nothing to do with us. Um, off to NC back mid-March. Is that North Carolina, Miss Barbara? Thank you, darling. Uh, Aliano says it was very disorganized and time consuming and you now selected that you, and I mean, you must 
you must their job and call them to see if they select you. I will send this feedback to the court, Aliano, because um, if they can improve, I think that it makes everybody's life uh, a lot easier. So I'll send this to the court now, you know. Um, okay. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, it shouldn't be that difficult, really. Um, and I think what they do is they call you for like a specific period. And so you can serve and still get called back again. It's kind of crazy. Like, I don't, I don't quite, I've never been through the process, like I said, because I've never been called. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> Damien says, I don't comprehend well, so please don't call me. That's a lie, Damien. <laughs> Oh my gosh, y'all just do not want to serve. Mm -mm -mm. Alejandro says he would like to be called. Are you registered to vote? Uh huh. Emma, good morning. <laughs> Alejandro says that trader out there eating good brownies and act like he missed Sandy's first on the list. Emma says I was called and was chosen on a case and was called again. For this year, but due to my health issues, I was exempt. Yeah, I mean, they're wearing out too many people, man. It's time to call more people. Um, why Rusty's been so stuck up? Um, I'm not sure <laughs> what that means exactly. Aliana says, go to your account settings and see if there's an infraction against you. Disorganized, they can't run a piss up in a brewery. <laughs> Lord Jesus, y'all are crazy. You all are crazy. No, sir. Um, I think the juror of your peers card is likely overplayed. Most definitely. Oh, you've been on the list of four years and still not called. Oh my gosh. Uh, Ms. Valerie says yes, and the person on trial can also refuse someone from the jury pool. Yeah. Because, you know, if they got beef with you and maybe they're the only ones who know it. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, they, they one lady got sick, so they had to pull from the alternates. And she was permitted to <clears throat> then be formally dismissed. Mm -hmm. And then we had, um, uh, they reconvened at 2 o'clock in the afternoon for the trial to start. But then a jury called. To say he, a juror called to say that he was running late and that he would be there in 10 minutes. Well, honey child, that was 10 minutes K-man time. Because about 20 minutes in, the bailiff was like, oh, he said 10 more minutes. And everybody in the court just laughed because, of course, the judge, we had to stand, court adjourned, waiting for this guy to show up. I don't know if the man don't have no transportation. Is he was relying on public transportation or what the problem was? But the judge said the court um, staff is ensuring um, that he is going to be on time for the remainder of the trial. You can't be disrespecting the court now, honey child. If they say to be there for two o'clock, you better cut lunch short and get back there for two. That's how that works. Mm-hmm. 
So some of y'all want to be lollygagging all over the place. They tend to supply lunch for the jurors and feed them in one little scrunched up room. But it is what it is. They don't be letting you go for lunch. Um, what is a fine if you're not present for jury duty? I think that they can actually issue a warrant for you, if I'm not mistaken. We can look at the judicature law and see. Good morning, caller. Hey, good morning, Sandra. How are you today? Morning. Oh, you got a buzzing in your phone this morning. Not too bad. How you doing? Not too bad either. Not mm-hmm. too bad. Anyway, um, I was on Judy mm-hmm. um, many, many, many times, but yeah. that's a long time ago. But um, mm-hmm. I wonder why they don't call on me, me, me now being retired and oh, oh, just how, over how 70. Old, how old are you? Over 70? Yeah, over 70. Oh, but why, so the law doesn't I'm allow that. that. Why though? I mean, I can understand if a person is sick mm-hmm. or you know, you know, whatever. But with a with a with a good mind, a steady mind, and um, mm-hmm. I still volunteer out there and and stuff like that. So that that's a matter for the legislators, and I and I, I agree with you. Not because someone is over seventy doesn't mean that they're not capable. And most of them yeah. probably have more time on their hands. Yeah, exactly. Um, then you mentioned about um, the Kiva case, and we're, we're not to you know comment. I agree on that, but what what about it? Because we never heard anything about it. Well, I'm getting to that. We're, we're getting there. Oh, okay. Because I'm sitting here, sitting here. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. We just talking about different stuff. Are we getting to it. We're getting, we're getting to it. We, we were warming up. Okay, just warming up. Okay, good. So <laughs> right. soon be warmed up, right? Yeah, man. We're getting there next. So this okay, this good. person says, thank you. thank you so much. This person says that they got a letter from back in 2016, and it's five hundred dollars for non-attendance. Um. Mm-hmm. Failing to do so, you must report for jury duty. But what if you're selected and you don't show up? I think that's probably more serious than a $500 fine. Um, so that's if you're called for jury duty, you have to show up, you get fined. But what if you were selected and you didn't show up? I was just trying to have a quick look at the law um, in relation to that. I'll see if I can find it. Um, court funds, attachment of earnings, charging orders, imprisonment for non-payment of judgment debt, powers of enforcement, limitation, judges administrative, hmm, inherent powers of the court. Hmm, this is for this is a 42-page document. So what you do is you go back to the index and you try to see um, if there's anything in the index that tells you. Uh, power of the court to award interest, charging orders. Um, it would have to be protective costs, 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 jurors in civil cases, power of amendment, discharge of a jury before verdict. Jury may be permitted to separate four person, uh, number of jurors, challenges, effective informalities. Payment of jurors, summons, hmm, a 
I'll see if I can find it. Composition, limitation, irregularity for the execution of a warrant. Um, okay. I'll try to see if I can find that out for you guys. All right. So let's get into the case now. Again, I'm going to warn all of you. Um, have nothing to say during this segment um, of nothing about what I'm going to tell you. Okay. Just listen. This is a listen, Linda moment. So the prosecution opened when this guy finally showed up. Uh, the prosecution started and said the following. I'm just going to write, I'm going to just read you my cliff note version. Um, so what I do when I go to court is I type on a, I take my laptop and I type because I can type pretty fast. I don't think I can write as fast as I can type. Um, for the record, in court, uh, all the media knows this, but just as an FYI, we're not permitted to do any form of recording. So we can't video record. Somebody was asking me yesterday, is the trial going to be live streamed? I said, nope, this is not America, honey chair. If this was America, the trial would be live streamed. At any given moment in America, you can go to um, this court TV channel. And right now, 7.2 thousand people are watching day nine of the NH versus Adam Montgomery murder of Harmony trial. This is live right now. Let me let me show y'all because this is how the Americans do it. Uh, needless to say, folks, we are not America. Um, we we are English, and the English just don't like to do certain things. Um, it is interesting to me, having grown up in America. I do believe in complete freedom of information. So here it is. They have um, 7,545 people watching this trial right now. And this is like real courtroom uh, footage, live footage. You see, you know, lawyers there. I don't know. Gotti, are we ready? Okay. Looks like they're going to be getting started. Mm -hmm. Everybody ready? Yeah. Ready to go? Yeah. Even even before it formally starts. Please bring in the jurors. All rise for the jurors, please. Yeah, there we go. <clears throat> I think I'm bringing the jurors now. I'm not familiar with this case. I don't know who this murder of harmony trial is. So there they are. Lawyers. Um, <clears throat> I don't know who the defendant is supposed to be, but there's a little police guy. The jurors are coming in. They're being seated. Um, I don't know. They probably don't show the jurors. I don't see them showing them here. Um, I'd be interested to know if they actually show the jurors. But anyway, there it is. So, you know, um, do they do they pledge allegiance? They all seem to be looking in one direction like they're about to pledge allegiance or something. Let's see what happens. Um, interesting. Somebody pouring water. You hear all the microphones picking up everything. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. You may be seated. Okay. Statement calls next witness. Well, the state of prosecution's up first. Look at this pan and zoom in. Mm -hmm. That's a court reporter right there, or some media person taking their notes, checking her phone. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so yeah, they're calling witnesses. You get to see how the process works. I think this is educational for more reasons than one. Now, if you are a witness, just like you see this guy walking through the door, let's see, let's see who he is. Oh, he's an older man, poor thing. So he's going to be escorted to the witness stand. So if you're a witness in any trial, that's even true here in the Cayman Islands, you are not permitted to um, be in, in there during any of the proceedings. So after your testimony, then you can come back and sit in court, but not before, because they don't want you hearing what other witnesses have said or anything that's happening in the court. So here he is, and we expect for him to get sworn in as is customary. He takes a little sip of water, poor Ting. Is he taking a sip of water or taking off his glasses? They don't much matter. Oh. Oh, they're going to mic him up. Look at this. This is a modern courthouse, but I'll be darned. Look, yeah. Mr. Small, can, yes. you, can you hear? Yes. Okay. Oh. Please remain in front of the microphone. Yes, Your Honor. Does he have a hearing problem? I'm wondering why they put that thing on I'm his... administer an oath. Oh. Are you able to hear me clearly? Reasonably. Okay. Reasonably. He's you okay. swear that the testimony that you're about to provide this jury will be the truth and the whole truth under the pains and penalties of perjury. I do. Thank um, you. You can have a seat. So and you can make yourself don't really sir. have them swear in the Bible anymore. When you're ready, if you can here, you have a you have a choice of swearing on the Bible or not, because some people don't believe in swearing on the Bible. Small D O U G L. So I wonder why they put the headsets on him. I don't know if he has some sort of hearing impairment um, or impediment, I should say, why he's doing that. But look at look at all the audio visual equipment that they have. Do you currently reside in Carmel, Maine? Uh-huh. How long have you lived in Carmel, Maine? All my life. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And sir, uh, what do you currently do for a living? I'm retired. Well, I'm semi-retired, but I, I have uh, rental houses, and I um, maintain those. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. So um, there he is doing his little thing. Um, now it's gone up over 9,000 people watching um so the summary says defendant adam montgomery has opted out of appearing in court every day this week after admitting guilt to two charges which was falsifying evidence and abuse of a corpse he's still facing charges that he murdered his five-year-old daughter oh my god what the hell that he murdered his five-year-old daughter harmony hiding her body in a bag for months and then concealed her death for years. <gasps> what a monster, Nosa. And then they have all the, tr the trial notes. It's Judge Messer on the bench. No Adam in court. State witness number 44, Douglas Small, father of late Kelsey Small. Wow. Oh, my gosh. You see how you can get all up in this stuff? Over 9,100 people watching. Mm-mm. I bet you he was a landlord. It's uh, the the old outhouse that you speak of uh, is in the old schoolhouse. It's a one-room school. So anyway, we're not going to get too deep into that. But yes, uh, definitely the death penalty is probably on the line there. Um, but wow, his five-year-old daughter, what a horrible man. But you notice this is live court. And, you know, I understand because it's a larger jurisdiction. It's It's different in some ways. But look at people in the comment section. 
Is he a surprise witness? Poor man. Oh man, this poor grandpa. He's the grandfather. Oh my God. And people are like, oh, wow. What he's going through. Um, Somebody says, oh, wow. He still works. Darn. Anyway, people all in the comment section, um, you know, K-Man does not live stream court. Uh, during COVID, they had it live stream, but you still had to go to court and sit in the town hall to watch it on the screen, which made no sense to me. I'm like, what's the point? I think that there, the technology's there that would allow them to, um, you know, live stream some of it, but they, they just, they're very British still. And so it's just not a thing. Um, so it is what it is. I, I don't know what to say. Um, so no live streaming. We can't record, so there's no recording, there's no video recording, and there's no audio recording. So you have to do your notes as best you can. And sometimes you hear something as you're writing and you miss like, did he say that the person said that? Or did he say, you know, so media tends to work with each other. You know, Wendy was asking me a question yesterday and said, hey, Sandy, did the judge say that the victim said this? Or is he saying that? You know, so you got to try and pay attention the best you can. Um, and of course, you're only human. So you are subject to missing a few things, especially since you don't have a recording to go back on. But after you've sat there for a while, it's a skill that you develop of active listening. Okay. So this is what um, the prosecution had to say. And they opened the case. So prosecution always starts first in a criminal trial. They put forward their case. In fact, there's no requirement for the defendant or the defense to even put on a case. They can say, we think this whole prosecution case is ridiculous. It's hogwash. Um, you know, we're not even going to respond to this. Normally, what they try to do is what's called a no case submission, where they say that the, the prosecution has failed to make out their case. And so in that event, um, they try to get the judge to throw it out so it does not even go to the jury, for example, if it's a jury case. Um, if it's a judge alone, then obviously the judge has to be the arbiter of both fact and um, of both facts and, and law, right? So the jurors in a jury trial, their responsibility has nothing to do with knowing the law. They are only to decide on matters of fact, and they're only to decide on the evidence that is put before them. So nothing the lawyers say is evidence, right? This is a, a law 101. Nothing that they say is evidence. They make legal, they make arguments, and then the evidence comes from the witness box, witnesses. The evidence can be in the form of documentation. The evidence can be CCTV footage. Those are examples of what evidence is. So he did make a point. He said, this is a rather simple case. This is what the, um, the, the prosecution now said. It is a simple case. And he laid out the facts of what is alleged to have taken place. But he said, your decision has to come from the evidence that will be put before you over the coming days. Okay. So he said that uh, the um, allegations relate to the Regional Tourism Conference. He talked about what the Regional Tourism Conference um, is that it was a um, conference of heads of, of state for all the region uh, coming together for tourism-related things. 
ministers, government officials, guests from those countries. He said, <laughs> again, no comments, folks. He said everyone was supposed to be on their best behavior, but the defendant was not. He go, The uh, prosecutor went on to say he appears to have been drinking, but opinions vary on this. He went on to say that he was acting unlawfully. So this is the prosecution's case. And that's what this trial is about, that he assaulted two women, uh, both of whom are government employees. Victim number one, and we're not going to name the victims. I am obviously well aware of who they are, and I know them personally. We will not be naming the victims. Um, one of them was there working that night, so she was working the event. And the other victim is a journalist covering the event. Prosecution says that he assaulted them indecently. That's the first two charges against him. And in the alternative, he assaulted them. So they actually have, and this is interesting because this happens all the time in law, they will have um, alternate uh, charges. So in other words, this happens in murder cases. So they'll say you murder the person. Murder requires certain prerequisites. It requires premeditation, for example, and so on and so forth. But then they attach on an alternative charge to say, okay, if you don't find them on this higher offense of murder, we're also going to put manslaughter there for you to consider. Because some jurors might say, mm, I don't know if it was premeditated, if they met all the elements of that. Okay, in the alternative, manslaughter is listed on the indictment. So the indictment is that little sheet of paper of what they're being charged with. It lays out all the information, the name of the person, the date that this thing supposedly happened, and what the charges are pursuant to section so-and-so-and-so-and-so of the penal code or whatever law you are said to have breached. So they read out the indictment. Um, when they read the indictment <clears throat> yesterday, um, now he would have he would have had the charges put before him before when he pleaded not guilty. And I think that was back in April of last year. Apparently, yesterday they discovered that he never had the alternative charges put to him. And so the formalities, and you have to follow these things because otherwise you get appeals and issues all over the place. He had never had the alternative charges put to him. And so they did that yesterday at the beginning before they brought in the jury because there are certain things that, for the record, that they do not do in the presence of jurors, right? So when you serve as a jury, they are very, very keen to control what you see and what you witness because your only job is to look at the facts, nothing else. And the facts will be presented to you by the prosecution, right? So they don't want you getting involved in other aspects of the um, criminal proceedings themselves. So the jurors come in after everybody else is in the courthouse. They're the last ones to come in and they're the first ones to leave. So they don't want to see, you know, they don't want you seeing the defendant interacting with his lawyers at the end of it or any of that. He stays seated in the little box area. And so the jurors are handled in a very particular way in order to um, to not, you know, contaminate them in any way, so to speak. So Rough Seas says came out is too small um, if they let Sandy get a hold of any court footage. Mm, I sit there and watch it. <laughs> what would what would be the difference from my perspective? I literally sit there and watch it. So I don't quite understand that. 
He says court should stay private. It isn't private. It is open to the public. It's just not streamed. Um, Stephanie says, I wonder why they have live court streams on the court's website. Stephanie, I can certainly answer that question for you. So, in fact, we do get to watch stuff streaming. Pay attention, rough seas. Um, as media, we have access to live stream links to watch trials. So I don't have to physically be there. A lot of these trials are available via live stream. They're just not available to you. <laughs> so they are available to me. And I have rules that I have to abide by in terms of I can't, you know, grab those streams. I can't do anything with it. But in fact, all the time for sentencing hearings, we might not be able to make it. I've got my overseas people covering court news. And so they log in and they, they cover it. Unbeknownst to you. We have access to that. It's just not access to the public. So it is a live stream link, Stephanie. It's just not really uh, for the public to see. So they don't necessarily um, share the link. They might change the URLs and stuff like that. So the public doesn't really have access to it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You're all getting a little insight into what really happens um, in court yet today. Okay. Um, you, you don't get access just like that. Only certain people, Damon, he says, how does one get to access it? Um, you get access if um, you have permission to do so. And they do see when you logged in because it is a, um, a Zoom link. They do see who is logged in. And if you're someone that's not supposed to be logged in, they can obviously log you out. You're most welcome, Stephanie. The more you know, the more you grow. All right. Um, so in relation to the question, if you don't show up for jury duty, the person, I'm not jury duty, but if you don't show up to trial and you've been selected, someone says that you can be fined or imprisonment. So it is a charge for that, but they don't remember exactly what the, um, the amount is. I'll see if I can find out though, because it's a very, very interesting question. All right. So the prosecutor continued and he went on to say that um, he talked about the alternatives he, and this is a direct quote, he said, the um, offending behavior was boorish, unwelcome, unlawful touching. Uh, victim number two, uh, that she was subjected to sucking or biting. And that right-thinking people would conclude that what he did was indecent. Victim number one, in that case, she was trying to pull away from an uncomfortable hug and then he kissed her on the shoulder and said, see your husband over there. If he saw this, he wouldn't like it. Uh, one of the indecent acts was actually caught on camera. This is what the prosecution is saying. There's no audio, but he says there is video, which they will then see as evidence during this trial. Uh, diplomatic efforts. Prosecutor went on to say that diplomatic efforts uh, were tried to get him to leave, but were not successful for upwards of an hour. In that time, he gave victim number two a quote-unquote love bite or a hickey on her arm, but that was not caught on CCTV footage because there's a blind spot there. But apparently, um, it is alleged that she showed that bite mark to victim number one, and there were shallow teeth impressions, um, and victim number one then made a sketch of it in her police statement. He went on to say that this type of behavior may not be uncommon and some women may put up with it, 
but an influential man should know that a woman might take offense to it. And um, basically, those were the summary um, of events. Uh, he then pulled out his uh, evidence bundle and he said, you know, this is what the prosecution will be using at times. And so um, asked them to, you know, um, he kind of walked him through it. Like, you know, this is how it's organized. We've got still photos of video footage and so on and how it's indexed. So he also gave a layout for pretty much how this is going to go. So he said that tomorrow, being today, there'll be a site visit to the Ritz-Carlton, and they're going to show them the scene of the crime. And uh, there's also going to be camera footage shown to them, and then they're going to call witnesses. Now, this was something new for me that I thought was kind of interesting. So he said the witness statements are going to um, be pre-recordings of the victims um, that they will show them because what they do, especially with victims of certain types of assaults, that those victims, they want to interview them as soon as possible. Because, you know, the human memory has a way of being different as time passes. Mm -hmm. So they try to interview them right away when everything's fresh and new. And so they'll do, they'll do that. Now, a defendant has a right to cross-examine, this is why you have to call live witnesses, a defendant has a right to cross-examine his accused. So anyone who comes there accusing you of anything, you have a right to cross-examine them. And sometimes it gets very uncomfortable. I've seen like children, teenagers being cross-examined, and I couldn't believe some of the stuff, especially sexual assault victims, that the defense is able to say to them, I mean, I've seen some defense attorneys, wow. I don't know how they're still practicing and how the court allows it. In the US, they stop you in your tracks when it comes to sexual abuse victims and how far you can go questioning their dress and their behavior. And, you know, because none of that has anything to do with whether you were sexually assaulted or not. So it can be very, very interesting. But you have a right in law to actually, um, you know, see uh, and ask questions of these um, people, these so-called witnesses. Cross-examination is what it's called. So today's day two, field trip day to the, um, what do you call it? It's field trip day to the Ritz-Carlton, and then we'll take it from there. So every day I'm going to give you guys just a synopsis of what happened in court. Like I said, anybody can show up to court. You want to go today and sit there and watch the proceedings? you can show up, right? You have a right to do so. The court is open court. There's no such thing for the most part. There are a few exceptions, maybe mental health court or, you know, even that you can go sit down and watch. But um, family, some family proceedings are closed, but criminal proceedings are open to the public. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll give you the little synopsis. We're not interjecting anything other than what was said, tell you what happened for the day, and that's it. No opinions, nothing of the sort, okay? Alejandro is asking why he can't see Rough C's comments. Well, if you can't see the comments, how do you know they're comments? Rough C says that his comments are not showing up. I keep telling you, Rough C's, you need to talk to Facebook. It doesn't have anything to do with us. So um, Facebook is obviously blocking your 
comments for some reason and you need to reach out to them and see what that is. We don't control um, Facebook. Capiche? All righty, honey chill. We don't have that kind of power. All right, so that's that. We'll leave that alone. Let's move on. So another topic that we have on the agenda today is um, visa woes. Now we need to talk about this because this is something <clears throat> that is impacting a lot of people. <clears throat> Sorry. And, um, you know, we've, we've done a story on this a few months back. And then I see, I see it keep popping up in these groups. And so I think it's worth talking about again. Let's take a quick commercial break. Hey, K-Man, y'all already know we have the best wings at Popeye's. You made ghost pepper our top sellers, and then you did the same with sweet and spicy. Well, get your taste buds ready, because we are expanding our flavor range. We've added honey barbecue, roasted garlic parmesan, and signature hot. You can choose to sauce our mild wings, or the bravest of you can even sauce on top of our ghost pepper wings. The wing game is over. Five new flavors with K-Man's favorite chicken, only at Popeye's on Eastern Avenue. Ocean Ridge Heights offers an amazing opportunity to own a piece of land in idyllic Cayman Brack, right on the bluff, starting from $80,000. Located in a quiet residential area with high elevation, these lots are ideal for a future home or investment property and are sure to go fast. Cayman Brack offers a laid-back lifestyle, amazing pristine diving, limestone caves, diverse flora, along with amazing wildlife. Inquire about the owner financing options so that you can secure your piece of paradise today. With only a few lots remaining, these are sure to go before you know it. Contact Crichton Properties today on 345-949-5250 or info at CrichtonProperties.com. Recover personal injury attorneys, helping injured people get what they deserve. Did you know that insurance companies have lawyers that represent their interests? Before signing and accepting any settlement, know your rights. Call us today for a free consultation at 924-9999. That's 924-9999. Recover. Your personal injury attorneys are on standby to assist. Are you tired of overpaying for TV services? Can't figure out VPNs? Constantly missing your favorite TV shows? and no access to the good stuff on streaming services? The frustration is real, but it doesn't have to be. Contact Roke, Cayman's streaming pros. We'll put you back in the driver's seat in front of your TV. Call, WhatsApp, or message Roke today on 926-1213. Roke is not a TV service provider. Terms and conditions apply. All right, good folks. Welcome back, welcome back. So a lot of people are talking about how they're having their ESTA stripped because they have traveled to Cuba. In fact, I understand that this is a much broader issue than just that. There's been a rumor that is in circulation about even one of our government ministers having an issue. Now, you guys are taking it a bit far with the government minister in question and alleging that they have done something wrong, why they have are now having a bit of a visa issue with the U.S. I have checked my sources, and I can tell you that that does not appear to be the case at all. 
They've done everything right. They've made their necessary declarations. Yes, they had a U.S. visa. And under this administration, this Biden administration, which is kind of interesting, they seem to be taking a very particular stance um, about uh, visas and ESTAs and all sorts of stuff where they will strip it from you in a heartbeat. And that's it. So what we understand is one of the things, it's not the only thing, that will get your visa pulled is if you go to Cuba. Now, a lot of us over the years have traveled to Cuba and we like to go there. Some of us for the culture, some of y'all for the women and whatever else you're indulging in. Okay. So now if you have a British passport, you know that with the British passport, you have the the benefit of this. um, Let me tell you what the ESTA stands for again. It's a waiver program. Um, hold on one second. Uh-huh. It is the um <laughs> hold on. The ESTA is short for oh Lord, what the heck is it short for again? Uh let me see now. Oh Lord. But they're eligible countries, it's a visa waiver program. And there are eligible countries, and of course, the United Kingdom, as well as others, um, the VWP, um, are on this list, right? So, um, let me see. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, the Electronic System for Travel Authorization, ESTA, um, Homeland Security. So, basically, how it normally works is you go online you apply for an ESTA. It's normally good for a couple of years and it allows you free entry, not free entry, but it allows you to enter into the United States of America without having to have a visa or waivers or anything else, right? So you just travel on your passport and they can see that the um, passport is linked to a valid ESTA application that has been approved. Um, you're able to travel for up to 90 days or less. So you can go into the U.S. for up to 90 days or less. Uh, you're not in possession of a visitor's visa. So if you have a visitor's visa, even in another passport, you are supposed to use your visitor's visa. And they'll tell you this. If you ever talk to um, Homeland Security, they'll tell you that basically you're not supposed to have a visitor's visa and ESTA. Like that's not what it's for. ESTA is for people who don't have a visitor's visa. And so then you use that. Yeah. And if you're a citizen or eligible national of a visa waiver program country with the United Kingdom being one of those, Mm -hmm. you can travel to the United States for business or pleasure. And um, yes. Okay. So I think they're normally good for like two years and you go through this process. It's a $21 fee. Normally it's pretty straightforward. You answer the questions, fill out the information and then you're allowed entry back and forth, okay? Uh, lots of Caymanians use that if they have their UK passport. If you don't have a UK passport, then obviously in your Cayman passport, you either have to travel with a waiver. And waivers are not meant, my understanding is the waivers are really not meant to be the way that you travel in and out of the US. They're like, you know, a quick situation has come up. Um, maybe for children, you're more likely to use a waiver. Uh, Because you haven't had a chance to go overseas and get them a visa. But other than that, you need to apply for a visa to travel on your Cayman passport. 
because the visa process, there's a lot more checks and, and balances or whatever that are in place. So at some point, the U.S. has declared, I think it was last year or the year before, um, they have declared uh, Cuba as a terrorist country. And so you have to be very, very careful if you are not connected um, to Cuba in the sense that you don't have Cuban relatives there or some other reason. If you're just going on vacation, you're going to invariably run into some problems. So a lot of people are having this problem and they're actually um, you know, sharing it on these different websites. So on social media, for example, in the Women in Cayman group, uh, they've been sharing how they get a notification that says your ESTA has been canceled. And they don't, they don't even have to tell you why it's canceled. And so this person shared the following. Um, this person said, ladies, a definitive heads up on the visiting Cuba and ESTA question. I went to Cuba last year on Cayman Airways from here and back into here. My passport was not stamped on the way in, but I have just checked my ESTA status for going into the United States and it has been revoked. Mm. This trip to Cuba can be the only reason. So be very, very careful and think carefully if it's worth it, as now it's a trip to U.S. consulate somewhere for me to get a visa. Now, here is the most interesting thing. Even if you apply for um, <clears throat> the visa, there's no guarantee that you will get it. So this person posted back last year, a reminder, if you've been to Cuba since January the 12th of 2021, then U.S. law states that you cannot enter the U.S. on an ESTA. This means that you cannot fly in, you cannot fly via or to the U.S. using an ESTA if you've gone to Cuba since January the 12th of 2021. If you've been uh, in Cuba since then and you fly uh, to or via the U.S. on your um, ESTA and you get caught, you will have your ESTA revoked for life. Wow. So a traveler got this message that said that their ESTA was revoked. They received an email from the U.S. ESTA saying a cleanup is underway and all travelers to Cuba since January 2021 will have their ESTAs revoked. To qualify and be allowed to use a U.S. ESTA, please note the USA CDC immigration says the below. Okay. The United States Department um, of State most recently designated Cuba as a state sponsor of terrorism on January the 12th, 2021. If a traveler is found to have been, sorry, if a traveler is found to have visited a country designated as a state sponsor of terrorism, the, ter the traveler is no longer eligible to participate in the visa waiver program and must apply for a visa to enter the U.S. And um, I think actually on their website, it tells you, uh, let me just show you all this. You can go there. And they specifically mention Cuba. So you can go and have a look at the FAQ section of um, <clears throat> the website for the ESTAs. And they specifically say it right here. So y'all better find another country. Go find your girlfriend from. See it there? Okay. When was Cuba designated a state sponsor of terrorism? How does that designation 
impact my travel to the United States using my approved ESTA. I'll write this so honey chill. Um, so it's a convenience that the United States of America will not allow you to use if you decide to visit Cuba. And it's so interesting because it seems to be retroactive. So even if you visited during that time and you're only now aware of it, well, I guess too bad for you. Mm -mm, honey, chill. So um, it is right here in the FAQ section. And it tells you the U.S. Department of State designated Cuba as a state sponsor of terrorism. SST on January 12, 2021, with limited exceptions, a traveler who was found to have visited Cuba on or before that date. On or before? So they're making it retroactive before that date? Ross. Um, is not eligible to travel under the visa waiver program using an electronic system for travel authorization, that's ESTA, and must apply for a visa to travel to the United States. Additionally, a traveler who at the time of application for an ESTA uh, holds dual nationality with both a VWP, that's a visa waiver program, country, and Cuba is not eligible for travel under the VWP using an ESTA and must apply for visa to travel to the U.S. So in other words, if you are a Cuban national, mm-hmm, Listen carefully. And you also have Cayman status and you have a UK passport. This basically says you are not able to use your UK passport to travel into the United States of America. Estados Unidos. <laughs> what a hot mess. Somebody asked for the FAQ link. There you go. So, honey, shall they said ineligibility. <clears throat> um... For an ESTA is not a bar to travel to the United States. Individuals who are not eligible to travel under the VWP may apply for a visa at any U.S. embassy or consulate. And for additional information about travel eligibility under the visa program, uh, waiver program improvement and terrorist travel protection act, please visit. And they give you the link there. So yes, it specifically addresses Cuba and it tells you, all about the situation. Mm -hmm. um, it's worth reading. So there are people, yes, who are having it revoked right here in the Cayman Islands, and then they're not able to travel to the U.S. on the ESTA. Now, in theory, they tell you um, that... You don't have to, um, that you not, you know, you can still apply for visa, but here's what I'm going to tell you. I know of a lawyer who actually had his ESTA revoked because he went to Cuba. And then they turned around. Here it is now. He applied for a U.S. visa. He was going for a conference for work. And he applied for a U.S. visa in order to be able to enter the country. And guess what? He went to Jamaica, did the whole visa program. They denied his U.S. visa. An attorney at law, they would not give him a U.S. visa. Now, 
This is a bit of a hot mess. Um, let me see here. I'm just trying to remember if he ever said exactly what the, um, if they even give a reason. So this, I was having this conversation back last year with him and he, I was saying, cause you know, um, the Cuban government, when you travel in and out, they don't stamp your passports. A lot of people are like, how do they know? Obviously they have access to the travel manifest. And so they are more than aware of your movements. Mm-hmm. Um, so they said, I said, did you, um, I was like, what, what passport did you travel on? Did you have them stamp it? And you know, whatever. And they said they went on Cayman Airways. Um, so don't think any of your travel information is private for the record. And, um, you know, obviously they have, they have a record for that. So the person says, yep, I traveled on Cayman Airways, went to Cuba. And now my ESTA has been revoked. So not only, um, hold on now, let me see what else they said. Um, so they went on Cayman Airways. They also said, right, so they um, applied. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said the ESSA doesn't show my travel dates. Um, and they're applying for a U.S. visa. So went to get my flight dates for the U.S. U.S. canceled my ESTA, so I have to get. So they were actually trying to book a flight. And then that's when they realized, I guess, <laughs> that they had canceled their ESTA. And they said U.S. is canceling ESTA for any person uh, benefiting from a waiver if they went to Cuba. So um, even, I think, the waiver, if you've been to Cuba, might be a problem for you as well. They want you to go through the visa pro- the visa protocols. Um, this person said, I don't see why the U.S. can dictate where people travel. Well, if you want to use their programs, uh, that's on you. Um, so, yeah, so then the person ended up applying for the U.S. visa, and they denied the U.S. visa as well. Mm-hmm. And they, so that meant that a work conference that they were trying to go to, they were not able to attend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what? So you can't get a U.S. visa either? They're like, nope. What a hot mess. So no ESTA, no U.S. visa means you cannot get into the United States of America. Not lawfully. What can I tell you? Beware. Uh, The more you know, I guess. Uh, Aliano says the U.S. is overrated. Travel elsewhere. Well, it depends on what you're traveling for. I mean, most Caymanians travel there for things like shopping and this close proximity. So I got to tell you that it would be very, very difficult um, for most Caymanians to not have access to the U.S. Um, Even medical stuff, sometimes you've got to get over there. So it's not just about a vacation. Um, I, I think definitely expand and go on vacation elsewhere. But 
You know, some people can't afford to vacation otherwhere, anywhere else other than Jamaica and the U.S., you know, because they can't afford tickets to Europe and halfway around the world. You take some of these other vacations. If you go to Europe, you can't just go for two days and come back. Miami, you can jump on a flight, be there in an hour and 15 minutes, hit, hit the mall and be done by tonight and come back if you wanted to. I mean, I've done one day trips where I get a lot done and I'm like, oh, time for me to leave you, America. See you later, alligator. Going back home, same day. In the morning, boom, hit Walmart, the mall, boom, 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 check my mailbox, and I'm back that night. And I don't need any more time. There's nowhere else that I could really do that. I mean, maybe Jamaica, but, you know, I mean, Jamaica and I got the malls that I'm looking for. So, um, so yeah, it's it's got to hurt people who can't actually get in. What a hot mess. Um, Miss Evelyn, Evelyn, sorry, says don't apply for an ESTA. If you have a U.S. visa, the ESTA automatically cancels the U.S. visa. You can't have both. Mm-hmm. Um, Amelia says, how much from the USA to the U.K.? Like how much money does it cost for a ticket? Mm-hmm. Jamila's replies to Alejandro and says behind behind an account and you don't even know who it is, so they should know why. I'm not sure what you guys are talking about, but okay. Hunter says if you lose your ESTA, you can travel to the U.S. Embassy in Jamaica and apply for a visa, but they can also turn that down, as I've just explained to you, that they did with this attorney. And he hasn't done anything else. Now, when I was speaking to my sources this weekend about the um, minister of government who's having an issue with his U.S. visa, uh, my understanding is he actually had to be diverted uh, recently and couldn't, they would not allow him to go through the U.S. And he has since traveled to Jamaica to try to get it sorted out. That The United States has taken a bit of a hard line and they're even going back in time and dealing with people who um, like, oh, you have a DUI. Now, when came out of DUI or traf- is considered traffic offense, it's not considered criminal offense. In the United States of America, not so much so. So there have been people who have DUIs and traffic offenses. And even for that, they are pulling your U.S. visa and revoking it. I have a lady who uh, was trying to get a U.S. visa recently. She went to Jamaica, went to the embassy. They declined her U.S. visa application for an incident that happened over 20 years ago. It sounds like it was like an assault or something that I guess she was convicted of that has since been spent from her record so she can get a clean police record. But for the purposes of obtaining a visa, they don't care because the question that they ask you is if you have been arrested or something apparently, and then they want to know for the visa purposes what you were actually arrested for. So it it sounds like a calamity and a bit of a hot mess. Um, now I can tell you that the Cayman authorities are trying to speak to the US authorities to see if we can somehow bypass the requirement to even go to um, Jamaica to get student visas and stuff like this. Because listen, just the other day, the United States has raised the alert for the Bahamas and for Jamaica, right? Both places where you can go ironically and get your visas, your US visas. They both have embassies, right? 
So a parent said to me, why um, am I having to send my 15, 16-year-old Caymanian child to a country that the U.S. is telling their citizens isn't safe, don't travel to, you have concerns. I can't travel with this child right now. You know, the restrictions on my ability to travel. So she's going to have to go to Jamaica by herself at the age of 15? They're like, I, I'm not comfortable with that situation. So what are we, what are we going to do? And I'm like, well, they're like, why are we, why can't we at least get maybe not full embassy rights here, but somebody coming in maybe once a quarter, once every so often, and, you know, sort of um, going through our applications for student visas and other things and getting approved. The government is asking, they've asked in the past and they've been told no way, Jose. I think in large part because we're such a small country we can't even justify the numbers. But as we continue to grow, the argument is becoming more and more like, you know, come on now. We have some some more solid numbers. We have a lot of students that go to the U.S. for their um, education. And it would be such an amazing benefit to have it here. I have no clue if they're going to change their position, if they're going to approve it or not. But I do know that our officials here are in talks with, um, you know, whoever their U.S. counterparts are to see whether or not they would reconsider the position of us having access to uh, basically embassy type services in the Cayman Islands. So this is a this is an area of concern. I think you need to pay attention to it. Um, and I can assure you that it's not just that minister of government that is having a problem. It's a lot of other people who you might find soon that your visa and your ESTA are going to be canceled. Um, Ervin says, I will never apply for an ESTA only for certain European countries. Hunter says, if you visit for tourist reasons, you may or may not be able to get a visa. However, if you travel there for family reasons, like I did, chances are the visa will still be available. All of that is a big maybe. Um, the U.S. can, nobody can tell the U.S. what to do. And I think... People seem to forget this because even as I was talking to this parent, I mean, I, I sympathize with her. And I said, um, at the end of the day, you know, be aware that we can't dictate to the United States of America what to do and what not to do as it relates to their immigration processes, their laws or how they, you know, cancel or revoke applications or anything of the sort. Um, so I don't know. Um, Alejandro says, I don't even travel that heavy and I know not to travel to Cuba. Willful ignorance is no excuse. Uh, Alejandro says, but then ask that question. Who's running Guantanamo Bay? Okay. Is that U.S. territory? Okay. Lizette says, I have my visa until 2025, but travel in November, 2024 with an ESTA, which was granted for a year. So that wastes the money applying for an ESTA. Yeah, why would you apply for the ESTA though? I don't know why, why would you apply for the ESTA? I mean, you're not supposed to have both because it, it's like either or type of situation. Um, so yeah, you're, you're not really supposed to have both, I think. But of course, people do have, um, you know, separate passports, I suppose. Uh, Gabby says, why are they making it restricted to not go there? Well, they consider them a terrorist state. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. 
Hi, morning. How are you doing, Kim and I? Not bad. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Good. I'm just talking about the U.S. Uh-huh. Well, you have to understand that U.S. is a very strange country, you know? Yeah, yeah. They, they make their own rules, that's for sure. Yeah, so they want to be the father of everybody that with everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm yep. looking about that. Yeah, they're unruly kids around them. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how they travel. You know, That's how they do you know, it. You know, you know this change? American Airlines goes to Cuba. Because you know? mm-hmm. I travel with, I went to Cuba from Cayman and I travel with American Airlines mm-hmm. to, to the US. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if they have so much fear about the US, why would they have the US? A U.S. airline giving them permission to travel to U.S. See the hypocrisy behind that. Yeah, I mean to be fair, though, there are certain groups of people who can travel to Cuba. There are a lot of Cuban nationals, obviously, in the U.S. without any restrictions, right? So you know, if you're a Cuban, you can go to Cuba. So it's not like they're telling Cubans you can't go. They're allowed to go, but it's other people that they seem to want to control. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's a hot mess, jail. It is. Mm-hmm. It is very strange. Well, 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 I don't know what you mean by, but it be, talk about the lamb like beast and beast and lamb don't mix together, you know. So they behave like a lamb, but the beast is there. Mhm, mhm. Yeah. yeah. What and a mess. Do, 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 do own space. Yeah, I agree. And, and, yeah. and I know they're going to say they are going to say. Because if you look at it, let me finish that. If they're going to say that Cayman is too close to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And 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 if you notice, if you notice, I was just reading a while ago, we have, um, they have, you know, they have put a, um, that thing out on and, and, um, Bahamas and Jamaica. And yes. I was just reading that they have 46 mass shooting in, in the U.S. since here. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Last year, February, we have 74 in February. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 um, I was watching also something where the 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 some um security person was was actually commending Jamaica for in terms of amount of tourists which is affected by crime. The mm. percentage is like point something, which it shouldn't be any. It shouldn't be any, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But in yeah, terms it's of pretty what crazy. You, you could be in a, in a mall and all of a sudden you're yeah we were talking about this the other day um so i guess the u.s feels like they have um they have the right to protect their citizens um overseas but not in their own country yep yep there you have it but but but, um, i was looking on youtube yesterday not youtube um google yesterday and on the travel travel advisor Mm -hmm. was saying that she haven't had anybody who canceled their flight their trip either. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, most, most of the advisories, you know, are just that telling you to be careful. Um, not necessarily that you're going to cancel your trip, but just last week, we we're also talking about the women, two women who went to um, Bahamas who were saying yes. that they were um, sexually assaulted. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, these things, about, when, you're, when you rely on tourism, for your bread and butter, you you better you better mind yourself, your p's and q's, because it doesn't yes, take much to get put in a negative limelight, really. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. So you know, all of us rely on tourism, 
in the Caribbean to some extent. Um, yes. So I think that, you know, we, we, we have a stake in the game. That's right. They'll protect our bread and butter. Yeah. So we have to be careful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, my dear. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Have a good day now. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yes. All right, my dear. So 9362626 is the telephone number. Um, Damien says, so wait a minute. The U.S. issues travel advisories not to visit Jamaica, and then we have a U.S. embassy there to apply. So, yes, is a short answer. <laughs> um, obviously, most people traveling to the embassy are going to go in and out very, very quickly. Um, you know, I know somebody who just went the other day, and literally they went the day before their appointment and left the following morning. So, um, Gabby says that's unfair, though. Um, then why those poor Cubans don't have a promise? life because they have no income coming in. Well, Gabby, the United States of America is probably going to tell you that that's not really their problem, that the Cuban people need to deal with um, their own affairs and not get involved in certain activities. You know, it's it's interesting, the dynamics of Cuba. I'm no expert on, on Cuban affairs, but what I will tell you is they've just become so used to, we have relatives there, they have become so used to living in a socialist state and getting certain things from the government that quite honestly, um, that's just their MO. Like, I mean, that's what they're used to. So, um, you know, Pat says, I wonder what would happen if the Caribbean issued an advisory and traveling to the U S <laughs> well, you can, even our government, I suppose, I think it'd probably be the UK that would do that, but you can certainly do that. But um, that does not mean that people are not going to travel. Just like the caller said, the advisory on Jamaica and the Bahamas doesn't mean that people are not going to travel to Jamaica or the Bahamas. In fact, I don't know what significant impact it has really. Um, you know, some of the travel publications and magazines will, um, you know, indicate that you can travel to these other safer Caribbean destinations. Does it bolster our numbers? Maybe a little bit. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good morning, caller. Morning. How are you? Not too bad. Good. Um. Chris, let me ask you, um, uh, let me tell you something now. Um, mm-hmm. I did an interview done by Indigo, right? Mm-hmm. For um, public area or pool. Okay. In which I, they called me um, in January for an interview I went. Mm-hmm. And she told me that um, the open, what I really want to fill out now is um, rooms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, to- I told her. I can't manage room because I have a lower back problem. So there's okay. no way I could go ahead and do the rooms. Mm-hmm. She said, okay, they would have get back to me um, before orientation. And I realized last week they have mm-hmm. a big orientation down there and nobody called me, nobody emailed me, nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so okay. I want to know like, who could I reach out to because 
I mean, I'm here. My husband can't work. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at a job that I can use to maintain me and him. Mm-hmm. And they don't, they don't contact me back. They don't even send me an email. Mm. And I'm, 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 I'm a PR. Yes. Um, hmm. I don't know, to be honest, off the top of my head, I would have to inquire um, to see what I can find out. But I don't, I mean, how did you apply to begin with? I went to the job fair that they have done by um, Kim Tan. Okay. Last year. Did they give you any sort of uh, like email address that you could maybe try reaching out to? Yes, they give me the email, which I, I emailed them because at the time when they sent me the email after the interview, mm-hmm. um, they sent me an email for, for, my, for me to send three um, resume to right. them. Uh-huh. And I sent, I do all of that. But then when I, when I look, they sent me back an email stating that they, um, they have, I'm the last person for this position to do rooms. And I, and I explained mm-hmm. to them but that during the interview, I already explained to you guys, I could not do the rooms because I lower back problem. Mm. Because when I went to the doctor, the bone in my back, what that's supposed to like, like a passing, spasm um, thing. So mm-hmm. I can't lift or do anything that is heavy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she said, if I do that type of work, I, it would require for me to remove things and lift things. And I tell her that yes. I could but not I, do I that. I would think even by the pool side and stuff, wouldn't you have to lift trays and different stuff as well? That might be a problem. Tray. Um, it depends on what they really put you to do. But I asked, I had even asked them to get to do, if I can do lobby, public area. And she was like, she she was like, um, when you're doing like public area and you have to dress certain way. And if I said, I don't have a problem. Hmm. Okay. I don't so really it, it, know much so about she had tell me it's like it's like if you're not pretty and have certain standard you can the front area, front um public area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um I don't really know so manage because because mm-hmm. me I'm I'm in the preschool and it's it not working out. I can't I can't be going home with um thousand dollars thousand something dollars a month time when I have my husband can't work and I have Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't not work. What, what's happened to your husband? Why can't he work either? I'm it's, just curious. It's po- you don't realize who you're talking to. No. Ingrid. Okay. Tom wife. Mm. Um, you know what Tom, he, he right? Was, he was in the accident. No, he no. had a stroke. Remember, remember, oh. Carla was telling me about it. He got this, he got a stroke in the hospital. Yes. And you had called some people in there to talk to me. And uh-huh. They said they would have get back to me from Olang and nobody called me back about him. Oh my gosh. They said nobody. I remember he got the stroke inside the hospital. Oh my goodness. I, and um, now I have a, I'm home. Mm-hmm. I'm home from last week. I'm home because I because of my back my um the strain in my back. So I don't I haven't gone out to work. Right. Mm-hmm. I tell you, boy. 
Um, I would I can't say, believe they have big, 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 big um orientation, and nobody called me back, so they already choose whoever they wanted to choose. Yeah, well, normally that's and as far as yeah. I'm here, don't mm. they were full of Filipinos. Mm. Well, I mean, I don't know who they've hired, obviously, but um, you know, you can try following up with them. The, the, the thing is, nobody has to give you a job. I mean, this is a sad, sad thing about it. Um, you can go to, and there's people who go to lots of application, um, interviews and submit lots of applications. It doesn't mean that somebody has to hire you. And for things mm-hmm. like job fairs, when you have so many people turning out and applying, you know, if you only have 25 mm-hmm. positions and you got 250, 250 applicants, that means that there's going to be yeah. 225 people. that are not happy. You know what I mean? Cause they yeah. can't get a job because there's only so many so sometimes the numbers are just against you to begin with. And then if you have on top of that, people who are coming with industry experience and other things, yeah, maybe they yeah, they've worked in similar properties. It just makes it much more challenging. So on the face of it, it's not always about people trying to not hire you because you're Caymanian, because you're Jamaican, because you're this, because you're that. A lot of times the honest truth is, they can only hire so many people and they need to pick um, from, you know. And they need the one with the, with the most experience. Yeah. And you said you're, you're, in, you're in daycare. You're working at a preschool. That's a big jump from that to the hotel industry. Big jump, Miss Sandra. And in a preschool, I'm not paying nothing. No, no, no. I don't mean it. I don't okay. Mean it in that sense. I'm talking about. <laughs> no, but that's, that's, a, no, that's no, a topic no. you need for raise, still, no, you know, I'm because about preschool, the I'm not getting anything, you know. You know, I'm talking about the the work environment and experience and what no, the I hotel know, requires. I know. <laughs> um, That's a topic you didn't really touch upon, man, because the preschool. Well, maybe, your maybe you're just. And still no, nothing. Maybe you're just at the wrong kind of preschool. But of course, so true. the ones that, that will pay you more require you to come with certifications and qualifications. So there, there's always that a catch. True. You know what I'm saying? You can't just show up. Mm-hmm. to Montessori Cayman and not be Montessori qualified, for example. That's true. Yeah. All right, my dear. Um, stay All positive right. and, and continue applying to different places. Don't just sit down and, and wait for just the indigo. There are other job opportunities that might be out there for you. So yeah. keep, keep applying. Have you registered on the jobs portal? Yes, I did. That's how I, that's how I got. Um, you mean with, um, with works? Yes. Yes, that's how I got this job that I that I'm working at. No. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, keep keep that's looking at keep it. looking at the availabilities All right. there. All right, my All dear. Right. Have no a problem. good day. Thank you. No Take problem, care. my dear. Um. Okay. Thank you, Miss Ingrid. Appreciate it. So, listen. These are the realities of of what you need to be thinking about. Um. This person says, "Morning." As an employer. When a person interviews for a position admits that they have a pre-existing condition, you move away. She told them she can't do a job, which they may have required her to do. No, thanks. Sorry, this is the reality of the situation. Another person weighs in. Sandy, this caller should not be obligated to hire anyone, especially if she said she can't work in rooms. So what she wants to do then, she would be a risk. Okay. Um, somebody else says, uh, 
that Canada also doesn't allow people in with DUIs. Um, they changed their law in December of 2018. As a result, a DUI is now considered serious criminality. Under the previous law, any DUI conviction is removed from a visitor's record 10 years after the completion of their sentence, allowing them to be deemed rehabilitated to enter Canada, but they've now changed that since 2018. Wow. Y'all need to stop drinking and driving because you're killing people. Um, they go on to say the 12 categories of authorized travel to Cuba are family visits, official business of the U.S. government, foreign governments, and certain intergovernment organizations, journalistic activity, professional research and professional meetings, educational activities, religious activities, public performances, clinics, workshops, athletic and other competitions and exhibitions, support for the Cuban people, humanitarian projects, activities of private foundations or research or educational institutes, exportation, importation or transmission of information or informational materials and certain authorized export transactions. And this is to answer the guy's question about why AE flies to Cuba. And I'm assuming that if you're flying under those 12 authorized categories that you probably need to have some sort of permission beforehand. This other person says, wasn't Cayman entered into the ESTA program? Is the U.S. checking passenger manifest then? Post the FAQ link, which we did, and the website, this is a big issue. Please repost as a separate clip later. Not a problem. So, um, yes, it is obvious that they have access to the manifest. They surely do. And they're checking it. Um, this person says... Um, big distinction, ESTA allows you to stay up to three months. A visa allows you to stay up to six months, up to expiration of one's passport, if less than six months in it. The U.S. is not stopping anyone from traveling to those countries. They're simply saying, if you travel to these countries, you can't enter the U.S. Choose wisely. Mm -hmm. um, and somebody else says, in most passports, have the biometric chip that's easily traceable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, good morning. The last, yes, thank you very much. Um, wow, and and wow, and this hunter child is what we need to go to the House of Parliament. Wow, wow, wow. I had to get exempt as I was going on on some strong medications for problem and it would be and it would be fair to anyone to sit okay honey child that list from 2003 oh for the um this was in relation to the uh the court thing okay honey child from that list from 2003 status grants should be able to serve a few years alone but they're not registering to vote necessarily. That's the problem. Um, this damn rough seas needs to go, go out on the Northwest side of the Grand Cayman when we have a Nor'wester and leave you alone. Mad. Well, I mean, I don't know what's going on. He's blaming us for something we ain't got nothing to do with. So ain't my problem. Um, Miss Sandy. The lady you posted for scamming is out here by the library in a small blue car. Which lady would that be? Because we've definitely posted more than one. 
okay, we only have two minutes left in the program. Oh, darn. I didn't get to talk about, um, I did not get to talk about my new own business again today. Okay, well, we'll roll that over for tomorrow's discussion. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yep, yep, yep. Looking good, looking good. Can can you deregister as a voter? Once you've registered to vote, <laughs> can you come off the, the list? Huh. Um, like if you die, <laughs> I don't, that's such a weird question. I don't know. Ah, that's a really interesting question. I don't actually know. Let me try to find out and I'll let you guys know tomorrow. I've never had somebody pose that question before. If you can come off the voters list voluntarily. Hmm. I will certainly inquire. All right. Cayman Kind says, well, honey, child, they still have to train them. And guess who does the training? Uh, Siobhan says, well, what it sounds like is a desk job. Um, and again, folks, you know, you've got to um, be qualified. Magdalene says, no, you cannot <laughs> be deregistered. Andrea says, good morning, Cayman. I know someone went to renew their visa and they denied him. Um, as Brenda says, these joke fairs are a joke. They're not hiring. It's to appease immigration. Well, they're hiring. It's a question of who and why people are being hired. Um, so there you go. All right, folks, that's all she wrote. That's the end of today's program. Y'all have a beautiful day. And uh, we will catch you tomorrow morning at 7.30. So make sure you tune in on time. Be good. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 